Everyone loves a good shot in the ass. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Dance and move your legs around. Dame DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. Bull, 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 bulls and buds and bulls and bulls. That's why his body fell apart. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? And I'll fight you. Big, 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 big story. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, give it to me. There's many people coming. Yeah. 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 Yes. Most indeed. Oh, man. That was the last copy I slapped. Ooh, slipped it in. Slipping in slaps. Right over the tracks. And coming to you live from FEMA Region 7. Where it is September 12, 2023. You listen to Bowl After Bowl, episode 269. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you are a bowler. Thank God for that. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. We appreciate you being here. Whether you're listening live at stream.bowlafterbowl.com or on the Mighty No Agenda stream, where we do appear each and every Tuesday night after DH Unplugged. Or whether you're listening to this in the futuristic podcasting 2.0 apps on some other date that isn't right now while I'm talking, but yet still somehow is right now while I'm talking. Fuck, I love doing this. It's the greatest. There is a certain magic that is cast that I just, I appreciate the shit out of. And, uh, boy, it's weeks and months and years and nights like tonight, uh, that really drive it home. My note, my, I refuse to ever do more than one page of notes, but I had to write in the margins and take up all kinds of stuff. Cause we just have so much Whoa. to catch up on, talk about, uh, you know, we always start this show off with a little recap and saying something retarded like uh, the significance of the passing of time and uh, how much time it's been and oh how much busy it's been and how many things we've done. But this one just like knocked my dick in the dirt. It just has been... It was a marathon week. It's been go and go and go and it's still go and we're going. But uh, it's all good. Nobody going to break my stride. Nobody going to slow me down. Oh, oh no. no. Because we got to keep on moving. That's right. Oh, man. So where do we begin? Well, I guess we got to begin right after... Uh, the last bowl after bowl. Right after the last bowl after bowl, man. Because uh, the very next day, a couple of things went down. But uh, I suppose that beers with Bitcoiners 
Ah, uh, yes. Was the very next night. At the old chicken and pickle. It was a grand time. Uh, always fun to hang out with the Bitcoiners. Casey Bitcoiners is a really great group. Um, meetups.com is where you can find the, the meetups, and there's a link to that at caseybitcoiners.com, along with all of the info about our group and such. Just a really great group of uh, people. And we got to bring the kids this time, and I went. You did go. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we discussed the new accounting rules, which I'll break down in the uh, cocaine shit stain later on. Uh, we also had a package arrive that day. <gasps> yes! From the great yes. grand uh, referee of arcading himself, Mr. Walter Day. What? An absolute honor. Uh, so cool and so true. I posted the pictures of him on NAS. We appeared on a trading card, which I think we've t- we talked about uh, how that was the plan that was going down mm-hmm. when we got back from our trip on in February. To Ottumwa, Iowa. Ottumwa, Iowa, the birth. For his music release. Birthplace of competitive Eve sports. And, uh... Yeah, we we went up there because Steve Sanders, speaking of the KC Bitcoiners, Steve Sanders, a legendary arcade player himself, who still holds some Joust World Records, um, he said, hey, Walter's going to be debuting some of his music that he's been working on. Uh, would you like to come up to Iowa? And uh, I think that ceremony was in Fairfield. So we spent uh, time in Fairfield and Atumwa. Would you like to come up and, you know, attend his performance? And we were like, yeah, it would be crazy cool. And then we added another trip. Apparently he was being honored as the founder of eSports, just the general eSports uh, movement, at the second annual high school and collegiate esports award ceremony which had a very long name longer than that yeah i think that i think that was almost the full official name but there was a couple <laughs> words maybe i missed very long title and uh so after the ceremony we were shaking hands with uh billy mitchell and walter um uh, I, w- I went to the restroom and walter like Turns to me as I'm leaving the restroom and he's like, are you staying in town for a little bit? And we had got an Airbnb for that night. We were going to leave the next day. I said, yeah, we're heading back home tomorrow. He said, well, on your way back, go to downtown Ottumwa, take a picture in front of the plaque there on Main Street, and I'll put you on a trading card. And the plaque is where the original Twin Galaxies stood. That's right. Yeah, the original arcade where he started uh, keeping the high score, the world record high scores. So we knew kind of what to expect in terms of what the trading card would be because he had printed out these limited editions of the uh, his Superstars of 2023 video game and pinball trading cards. And his number 4272 in the collection was uh, Walter Day Live at Cafe Paradiso. And him... Doing his uh, his music debut, so uh, we took the picture. <laughs> it was difficult because we had to 
put the phone in a potted plant, essentially, uh, there was like one person walking down the sidewalk, and I asked him a couple of times, hey, buddy, excuse me, but he <laughs> either he either didn't hear me or just totally ignored me. And he was talking to himself. He was muttering things, and he was kind of in his own zone. Yeah. Hold on, he don't care. But yeah, uh, I found a flower pot and said, hey, maybe we can just move this. Ended up being a perfect shot. Yeah. So we get the perfect shot. Whole family is in it. You, me, all four kids in front of the plaque. I sent that to Steve, who relayed that to Walter. And uh, months went by. I didn't really think of it. And I was down here. I can't even remember what got me on the train. It might have been doing one of the Walter drops, actually. You have to have deep, comprehensive intelligence. And I was like, wait a second, Walter. Uh, what, what, what happened to that... Uh trading card thing is that still a thing and so i reached out to steve to check it out see you know what the story was walter gets back to steve and says oh yeah i'm waiting for them to write the copy yeah so there's you know on the back of all trading cards there's a little bit of flavor text explaining what the hell the card is all about and so i was like i had no idea i was supposed to actually write the copy so i said Hey, no worries. <laughs> Let me get right back to you. Let me pound something out here. Uh, and so I did. I did a little uh, short write-up just about um, the whole trip, going up there, the kids and their ages. Uh, kind of named everybody who was there. Yeah, it was a nice reflection you put together. And uh, actually, I only just looked at this to make a note. So his... Cafe Paradiso card is 4272, and then our card is 4273. So it's the next one in the series. Nice. Just the very next one. And uh, yeah, he sent us a box of like 200 of those things. <laughs> I've been <laughs> just <laughs> handing them out to people who don't even... <laughs> I hand them to people and go, look, I want a trading card. They're like, what the hell is this, man? I, most people look at me like, did you have these made? What kind of a psycho are you? <laughs> yeah. Hang on to that. Um, I have to say that my favorite reply about uh, to that post by far was Sophistifunk. Uh, oh my god! From down under, who said something to the effect of, "Your guys' life sounds like such made up bullshit that not even half of it would pass as a pub, st- a believable pub story, <laughs> yeah. if, if it weren't for the mountains of evidence that comes along with all of the statements you make." <laughs> You know, I laughed out loud when I read that. Oh my god, and if I had the uh, Mario Boobery coin, I would play it right now, because that's just how I feel. Do-do-do-do. Oh man. So so that was fun. I got a big fat stack of those now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so if you want one, just get in contact yeah, with your address and we'll send you one. Let me know. Snail mail, baby. Let me know. If you want a piece of history, because otherwise they're going to just sit around my house and my kids will ruin them all. So. Oh, and bowlers who were in Uranus <laughs> can expect one. Yeah. So. That's right. So that was a great grand time. They had a great goddamn time, as they say. It um, was. That was such fun mail. I know. It's just like. They had a great goddamn time. It was not what I expected on my 2023 bingo card, meeting Billy Mitchell and. Walter Day and, and Brian, Brian Koo and yeah. 
getting on one of Walter Day's trading cards. Uh, that was a lot Epic. of fun. Uh, let's see. Crossing stuff out as I go. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to forget some stuff. Then, I guess, next up would have had to have been the awesome, fantastic, high-energy bowls with buds we had with Carolyn and Fletcher on Friday night. Yes. The OG buds. The OG buds. Yeah, the ones that started it all in every sense because we did the first bowls with buds format with them. And they were instrumental in us even having an idea to interview people because they did the Monday, Thursday kind of um, format back then. Yeah. And they and Thursday would be their interview on, show. Which was when we set up our studio. Exactly. Just so, for Hog Story. So if it weren't for John and Carolyn, there would not even be a bowl after bowl after 27. Yeah. It would have been just... Lost to the sands of time. Lost and gone. And and really, I was kind of uh, reflecting on that earlier because just the significant ways in which my life has improved after kind of going from overboard, not only from no agenda, but from the activism stuff I, I used to get involved in, from a lot of personal things. Uh, in my life, like when I moved back to Kansas City, mm. I was in a very dark place. It was and, a rough spot. Um, perhaps that's a fuller story for another time. But getting back into this community in particular and everything that's happened since then, just like reflecting back on it fully, there's really not... Uh, any kind of words that I can put in to describe it all. And I just like my hope and my goal is to just try and return the love and value I've received from everybody since then, because it just keeps growing and it keeps concentrating and it keeps expanding. And I think that if my soul doesn't explode by the end of the month, like it's going to be incredible. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. And there's still a lot to go. Uh, so, Carolyn and Fletcher, we discussed their new music release, Everything is Lit. Yes. Which you have a couple tracks on. Uh, you have probably the most loved track on it, Lady of the Evening. Oh, and it was so fun, Fletcher pulling out the vocals that I sent him on that Bulls with Buds. Yeah, there's a real nice uh, kind of breakdown and... and origin story of that song and uh, some behind the scenes kind of vocal samples from that that are really cool. And, and some teasers of things to come. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of fun. And what's going on just in our little circle and in the greater uh, No Agenda community with self-released uh, music, Booberry's busting his ass over there, putting more music up for uh, a lot of his friends and uh, artists that he's in contact with. Boo busting. Boo busting nuts. Uh, <laughs> of course, Sir TJ the Wrathful, who we had a Bulls with Buds previously about. Um, all of this stuff is just really fantastic, and it's reaching sort of a uh, this base level of excitement where now people are starting to get in just for the sheer gravity of it. Just yes. for the sheer gravity of being pulled in. And it's helpful for me, too, because I sat around for a very long time uh, 
saying like, oh, it's me. It's my fault. I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I don't have an app out yet. I don't have my dumbass website done yet. I don't have this done and that done on my to-do list. It's my fault that this isn't catching on, you know, like that's how I really truly felt for the longest until this two years, until this recent pickup in activity. And I just, it's so awesome and so powerful that tonight we are now trying to fuck with chapters. <laughs> Finally. Amazing, isn't it? It's crazy. It's a shiny new bowl. That's how you know how crazy this is. We're finally doing chapters. So, you know, first run, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, if something is messed up, it's my fault because I'm the one uh, tapping the split kit over here. Lorraine is uh, running the split kit there. Uh, thank you, Booberry, for sitting down with us and kind of showing us the ropes and also yeah. thank put, you, putting out the recording of how to do it. It really is. I, I feel like a complete fucking asshole because I've told enough people on enough different things. Like, it's really not that hard once you get in there. And yet it still surprised me when I got in here to do chapters and I was like, oh, that's all that's going on. Chapters are JSON objects that have four properties. That's what a chapter is. Thanks. Simple as. Now we know. <laughs> what is a chapter? Oh, it's a JSON object with four properties. What? Why don't I have that? Because you a fucking asshole. Because I've been. you didn't get in the car and drive. I've been. Spence. I've been driving so many cars. <laughs> like I need to just jump out of moving cars and into other moving cars. And that's, that's right. That's what I'm doing now. And so that's why it kind of feels white knuckle grippy. That's why uh, your soul is exploding. <laughs> all of the scissors that are sticking out of my sides and my front and my back and uh, my ankle. Uh, I can't even feel them anymore. It's all right. There's more to come. I can't even feel them anymore. Once you get one in the eye, I think that's that's the <laughs> devastating blow right there. Right in my third eye. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, Carolyn Fletcher. That was an amazing time. I always want to remind bowlers because it is the most important thing to remember. Like, our roots and where we came from and why we're in it. And Carolyn and Fletcher are the ultimate reason. Without them... It would be nothing. So we're always appreciative of them when they come on, and uh, it's always a wonderful, lovely time. Jobless. While we were talking with them, my grandfather passed away yeah. in Des Moines. And so I didn't get the call uh, when my dad called, uh, but I did bring him after the show and the post-show. And um, <clears throat> he would have turned 90 this Saturday, and we were already planning to go up there and have his birthday. And again, getting through this recap, like we've just been so wall to wall. There's something planned every day. And then once I'm done with the thing that's planned, I have to get prepared as best I can. <laughs> I've been flying by the seat of my fucking pants more than I ever have, which is saying something. Cause that's something I'm usually pretty good at anyway. And like how I roll, mm -hmm. uh, but it has just been on a, on an extra level lately. Uh, and so this has been uh, kind of a long time coming. Uh, my grandma passed in February of this year, and grandpa was on hospice for a couple months leading up to it. And it was very touch and go. We knew this week that it was kind of, he was declining. 
and uh, he kind of slipped out peacefully on Friday, surrounded by family. So we just crossed off birthday and put funeral on the calendar, and we're still going up the same day, and his services are the Saturday. And I just really rolled into the next thing. Like, I, I still... Last couple of days, it's kind of been uh, a few moments where I've been able to start processing it, you know? Yeah. Start giving it some of my attention. Um, but I think Saturday is going to be really good to just kind of release, have have the closure, and send him off like right. Yeah. It really uh, when it the first spark was just seeing. Uh, his full name printed on the obituary because Spencer is his middle name. That's where my name comes from. So that's kind of the, f- the first real like cannonball that hit me, you know, like, Ooh, mm-hmm. um, cause he was such a high caliber man. Um, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about my grandpa. And I've heard, People like I've heard hundreds of people talk about him and tell stories about him, and obviously spent a lot of time with him ever since I was a baby. And uh, you know, even really awesome people, there's some people that are like either they're in a jealousy thing or they're they just got something to say, you know, like you usually hear something about people. Never, I never heard even an eye roll at my grandpa being mentioned, like he was just such a positive guy. Um, so it's, it's like seeing his name, like there's this weight of, uh, that to live up to, you know? Yeah, definitely. That man, even till the last day, he remembered every single kid's birthday. Oh yeah, man. And, uh, we had 10 of us grandkids and 15 great grandkids, 15 great grandkids. And the last time we saw him, we brought Sam to visit, and he was saying everyone's birthday. Oh, Asina, February 2nd, and Rayla, August 20th. I was like, come on, Grandpa, you can just let that part go, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, he was definitely uh, slipping into some late stages of dementia at the end, but he never forgot the birthdays, man. He was like a... It was amazing. Absolute steel trap with the birthdays. Mm-hmm. It was just like one of his superpowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. What a guy. So he'll be sorely missed. I did get his uh, photo from when he worked on the telephone company up on the wall in the bowl. Uh, His company or his branch in Dubuque, Iowa, won an award in 1979 for Iowa's most improved splicing results. And so he's seated here at a desk with, uh, I guess, I don't know, two two of his goons flanking him from the (laughs) phone company. And it's just... I love this photo. Yeah. I found it in this little crawl space under their stairs as um, they were selling their house earlier this year and we kind of were cleaning things out and, you know, seeing who wanted what and all that kind of stuff. And that was just such a... It was the hidden treasure. It's a special gym. And uh, if I hadn't gone up there, I'm sure like it would still be there and whoever bought the house would probably not have even found It, it. You know, it would just be lost to... Donated. Lost to time. Yeah. So that's a, a big time treasure for me. And you shared a picture of it in your um, memorial post on 
NOS earlier today. I did, and I've got a canooper going right now. Uh, yeah, what's the story with the canoopers? I don't know. I really tried oh. to search it up. I don't even know how to spell canooper. I did my best <laughs> in the post. But uh, a canooper, as far as I can tell, is just slang for a cocktail. But for my grandpa, canooper was a lunchtime scotch and water, or, well, like a an early evening scotch and water. Uh, you'd do scotch, water, and ice, and he never liked fancy scotch, or, well, it's not that he never liked fancy scotch, it's that he never bought and kept fancy scotch on him. Johnny Walker Red, mostly, but, like, down at the lake, he'd have Clan McGregor, you know? He'd just have the the well scotch. Sure. And so... Scotch snobs like wouldn't you know drink his shit, and he'd just be like, "Yeah, you know, canooper, canooper time." And you put some olives in it, man, and uh, that's the way a man talks, son. <laughs> so, cheers to you, Gramp. Cheers. Slamming on the canooper, I am uh, bittersweetly looking forward to Saturday because uh, it's something that I need, man. Something that I need to kind of. Uh, process and get through uh the very next day saturday i went up to kind of be with my dad that morning and my sister was up there yeah i uh, brought the kids the kids up there her wife up there and uh we all just did a big lunch together and you know just time to be with my dad you know he had watched uh he had gone up there to watch grandpa the week before and so you know when he left Grandpa was in high spirits and pretty lucid, and then just like a few days after getting back, he was gone. So uh, he's up there in Iowa now. My dad is, and we're watching the dogs, and we'll rejoin him on Saturday for this. Uh, but we wrapped lunch up, came back, did a Lotus Effect episode 100 with Phoenix and Phone Boy. That's right. Which is uh, kind of timely and thematic, just... Uh, because sort of like how Carolyn and Fletcher got us going or brought us back from the grave, if you want to look at it that way, uh, Phoenix and Phone Boy met in our chat. And that's so, right. Uh, we from so- the bowl was birthed the Lotus Effect. That's right. So I guess, I don't know, what they blame us for, for all of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pedalheads. That's our fault. Uh, we Our main discussion, though, in all seriousness, was the whole origin story of Phoenix and phone boy and how, when they first got together, it was like the worst kept secret of all time. And so I brought receipts from the voicemail yes. line <laughs> to just kind of show them how obvious they were to us all, uh, which was great. So, um, we did that on Saturday. Yeah. And both of their moms called in and they're just so blessed. Yeah, definitely. Really happy for them. You can you can tell they've got uh, a lot of love going on. I was just like back here crying <laughs> when each of their moms called. Yeah. Yeah, they're both in a better situation, so that I think is plainly obvious to anybody who uh uh really listens to what's going on over there. Uh I had to excuse myself. We were having such a great time and it was just going on and on, but and you know how we get us fucking bowlers. We just go on. So I had to excuse myself to get some pork butt on the smoker because the very next day was Casey No Agenda Meetup. That's right. Way out in southeast Kansas. Uh, 
at the Leroy Homestead. A beautiful little spot they've got way out in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And uh, Yeah, it was gorgeous. I've been looking forward to checking out their spot for a while, so that was really worth it. We got pictures of that posted on uh no agenda social with uh we did kids in cages because they oh yeah the previous owner ran a kennel at their spot so there's just all these dog kennels and dog runs and all kinds of shit and so it's perfect photo op for kids in cages and you did i pretended to be aoc crying you did the classic aoc pose which you just nailed (laughs) it was so perfect um yeah that was hilarious that was a good photo op suggestion yeah from c mike i think yeah c mike was like we got to get the kids in cages. I th- I'm pretty sure uh, Matt the Metal Bender originally proposed it. I'm not sure who came up with it first. Okay. But no case of stolen valor here. We all agreed it was a great idea. It was <laughs> one of those, uh, yeah. It was one of those ideas where it just wrote itself. Wow. And, and you took a candid photo of me and posted it for everyone to share. And that's how I know you really love me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know. I had no idea anyone was taking a picture of me. Also creeps me out a little bit, but uh, it's just your love. Creeps me out. You can just assume I'm probably taking a photo of you at any given moment. Yeah. I saw something you took of me the other day. <laughs> Bending over the bed in my underwear. <laughs> I, I was thought, like, wow, I didn't take those photos. I'm just worried that I'm not going to remember these visuals sometimes that I catch. Oh, yeah, when we're old. And so when you're like... We'll reflect. On the bed digging through the sock drawer or the sock basket on the floor and your ass is way up in the air in just a yellow thong. I'm like, oh, I want to remember what that looks like for later, maybe. Just, you know, in case I need to remember what that looks like. Yeah, we'll pass the hard drives on to the children (laughs) so that they can bring it up for us to remember when we're old and gray. Yeah, probably And uh, here you go, Dad. I guess this is your folder. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's this... 12 terabyte drive. That's none of your goddamn business what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's yeah. In my eyes. So that's what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, it's a view I never get. <laughs> it's all about perspective, really, yep. when you think about it. Um. So there's that. Last night, Behind the Schemes had a iconic episode uh, 169 which is just another a little wink and a flick of your third eye you know how god sometimes does that he'll be like hey, you're on the right track faggot uh and that's what he says to me um because god, god has a sense of humor well there were 169 last night and we're 269 tonight just back to back, you know, for no real reason or planning or anything, but just the digits, the numbers, man. They digits. Like, they they they're talking all the time. Uh, it was a fire show. It was on nine eleven. Hello. Hello. Um, yellow. And uh, lavish brought some excellent clips uh, of some pre nine eleven talk show stuff that you absolutely have to check out. Uh, prophetic. And then Booberry brought probably the most fucked up, demented Japanese game show I've heard of so far. And I've heard of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one was really that extra level of demented. So it's worth checking out. Behindtheschemes.com. And just change the E's in schemes to three. Or badradio.live if you can't really think. 
and you'd rather just get there. <laughs> Badradio.live will get you there too. There was some um, Denpa chat in the show, which got me listening to some Denpa music I forgot about mm. after that, like triggered my brain. I feel fucking triggered. <laughs> fucking triggered, dude. Yeah, it's uh, jarring, to say the least. Like, you can look up the artist Kana, K-A-N-A. She has some crazy music, and I love it. But the first time you hear it, your brain goes, what the heck is this? Yes. And so that takes us right up to today where we're running with scissors, adding chapters with the live. You're doing the split kit. And we don't usually do preview type stuff in the recap, but I feel like there's just a bunch of announcements that are appropriate. It's important. In this case. Uh, And just to kind of drive home this whole flying by the seat of your pants and how turned up to 11 we really actually are. We're not done with our busy streak. We're not stopping. Nobody going to slow us down. Oh, no. We got to keep on moving. And it starts with your new show you're about to do. Yes, there's a new show coming. A music show. Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. It goes by the name of Homegrown Hits. You host it. We toast it. It's going to be me, Mary-Kate Ultra, and Daisy B. Cooper. You're going to want to be there. I'm already in. And so... I'm so in. Obviously, the proper format for a music show, got to be able to boost those artists, which means you got to be using the split kit. And so that's kind of why we had no choice but to do some kind of a test run, because you got to learn how to run the thing. That's right. Um, I'll be doing some practice tomorrow. Also, the beautiful thing about a podcast is you don't have to have it polished for episode one. And actually, it would be sort of weird. I think it would mm, be it would yeah. be weird to go back to your episode one and it's still the same later on. You know, oh, like definitely. if you do a year retrospect, a, a, a true podcast, you go back to episode one and you go, holy fuck, what in the fuck was this? Yeah. Well, you know. I've really wanted to make my own RSS feed mm-hmm. and do all of this stuff myself that I get to watch you do week after week, bowl after bowl. And here we are. And uh, I'm I'm getting through it. <laughs> so tomorrow's the night of dry runs. I know we usually do wet runs, but dry runs tomorrow. Uh, one of the dry runs is I'm going to run up to my buddy. Oh, yeah. And have a little heart to heart. And talk to him about how much he'll allow me to do as f- in terms of a ceremony because I am marrying uh, him and his soon-to-be wife on Sunday. Sunday! And I want to hat tip, shout out, and give love to Rev Cybertrucker <laughs> because Rev Cybertrucker is a Rev because of fantasy weddings. And... um. I I wanted my buddy to just go with the Rev, but my buddy was like trying to do something he wouldn't have to pay for at all. And I didn't want to do, you know, I didn't want to make the Rev come do something that he wasn't going to get paid for. And so I was like, you know what? I also, like I sold them their house as realtor and my realtor license. And I was like, you know what? I'll just get ordained real quick and I will do it for you. I'll come up there and do the, the thing. Um, and he's adamant about like not wanting a ceremony 
And there has to be some kind of bare minimum mm. acknowledgement of what's going on, right? So you get a marriage license and you've got two witnesses and the witnesses have to witness something. Yeah. Right? It's more than just signing a document. So we're going to have that discussion tomorrow. I'll talk a little bit about, hey, man. Uh, Church of the Latter-day Dude, by the way, which I know some of you out there are affiliated with. So uh, blessings, brethren. Uh, the Dude Abides. I'm very excited about this because it's always something that was like in the back of my mind. And uh, as far as dudism goes, I actually do have an honorary degree in uh, memology from um, Abide University, which is the only degree I hold uh, after dropping out of Mizzou my junior year. So I'm already affiliated academically uh, with dudism. But now we're just making it spiritually official. And I couldn't be more excited about that. So Sunday is that. So two dry runs tomorrow night. One for the show Thursday. Mm-hmm. One for the wedding Sunday. Friday, I thought, hey, Friday, maybe I'll just be able to uh, sit back, relax, <laughs> and just not do anything. Sometimes I just need a day where I don't do anything. Mm, me too. And uh, it's not going to be this Friday, though. Friday was going to be that, but I it turns out I entered some contest to win tickets to a, a rock show, and I accidentally won them. Yeah. And I was really about to be like, "Eh, give it to somebody else," but then I was like, Ugh, "It's it's Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper." It's Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper, and Cooper's definitely like on my bucket list yeah, of same. I need to see the guy. At least once before I check out, and it's I I think that given opportunities where they come your way, it's for a reason, you know, like definitely. And I don't want to. I I want to go, but I also want to like respectfully go and be respectful of people's time and my own time. But I thought, you know, I've, after weighing it all, talking with you, it was like, you know, it would be foolish to say no, give them away. Agreed. So we're going. Yeah. And so it's going to be. That's our rest. This is literally <laughs> the ridiculousness of my weekend. We're going to see Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie on Friday night. I'm going to uh, go with my family to Des Moines to lay my grandfather in the ground on Saturday. And then I'm going to marry one of my childhood best friends to uh, his wife on Sunday. And they've been together as long as us. Yeah. They've been together ages. And they have Very a daughter. Very good friends. A daughter a year older than our oldest. So, yeah. Great friends, great people. And uh, this this weekend, I mean, like I thought last weekend was wall to wall, but now we've got even more going on. It's all right. Um, got to keep on moving. We're just going to lean into it and... That's right. And, um, man, if, if you thought spooky season wasn't kicking off early this year, woo. uh, so also due to the nature of all of that, I don't anticipate another bowls with buds, certainly not next week, uh, but probably for the next two weeks, the next scheduled thing, I think it would be appropriate to announce now, which will be, uh, Sunday, October 1st, we will be following no agenda. Uh, with a Bulls with Buds live with Stephen Bell. All right, Stephen B in Which, the bowl. 
which could not come at a greater time, especially with you launching this new music show. Yes, playing with the split kit. Using the split kit, uh, kind of just getting deep into all of his tools that he's got out there. Uh, and I've got a lot of questions for him and a lot of like thanks to give him. And it might even be one where, I don't know, maybe you talk more than I do even. Maybe. That's yet to happen, but you never know. Uh, can I repeat the date and time? Yes, it's Sunday, October 1st, right after No Agenda. So that's like around just after 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific-ish. They usually go a little bit after the 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, whatever o'clock hour. It's right around 4.20 ALMAO my time usually is when the That's right. end of show mixes are playing. NetNet asks if Ministry is playing with Cooper and uh, Rob Zombie oh, Friday. Oh, uh, I think they might be actually. It's called Rock the Dot. And it's at the old Sandstone Amphitheater, which is called something else. Oh, now. It starts with an A. Yep, Ministry is there, and also Filter. Neat. So that's the four. Uh, Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, Ministry, Filter. Rock the dot. Yeah. I feel like you got to say that in a goofy radio voice. No, everybody uh, around here, the rock and roll DJs, they all sound like this. Rock the dot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's hard to tell the difference between one DJ to the other, because we, we all got the same thing going nine, on. Oh. We're at 98.9 <laughs> The Rock, where uh, we ride motorcycles and yell and smoke a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> they did really sound just like that. Yeah. All, all of them. There must, all of them. must be at least six of them. <laughs> They typecast for DJs over there, so. man. They like, uh, they're like, dude, do you not have any uh, vocal fry uh, at all? You can't really be part of our system here, man. You're gonna have to start smoking two at a time, bud. Laryngitis or get the fuck out. That's what rock, <laughs> that's what ninety eight nine the rock says. Oh, Johnny Dare, is that you? Yeah, exactly. Yep, and Ding. all all the other guys too. All the other guys, too. Uh, so, wow. Sorry to uh, fill your ear holes with such an epic recap, but we usually get to thanking people far before then. But there's just there's a lot going on. Uh, and we feel like it's all relevant. And uh, some of it really incredibly important to me. So I appreciate your time and letting me uh, indulge you, bowlers. And uh, I'd like to thank you for your value. Because the message that you've been sending to us over uh, the last few years is clear that you do get value out of what we do. And we could not be more grateful for that. And that's why we insist on thanking people right up here at the beginning of the show before we get into uh, all of the content news type stuff. Now, uh, since we're starting chapters going on, you may now be able to skip all of that uninteresting bullshit that I know... Uh, I know there's a non-zero amount of people who just can't do it. And I understand, like, I don't have the time either. I, don't, I would not have the time to listen to my own show. That's kind of the irony of it. Time is a precious thing. But our hope is that with the implementation of chapters, you would be able to find the value that's relevant to you more easily and quickly. And maybe if you only want to hear the cocaine shit stain, you can skip to that chapter. Maybe if you only want to hear uh, Lorian's weed news behind the curtain, you can skip to that chapter. Uh, and perhaps that would be a more valuable uh, way to present the wild format that we have here. 
uh, to you, the the listener out there, the bowler. And uh, the hope also is that uh, maybe there's a way to make that appreciation specifically known if you become just a cocaine shit state fan. Yeah. So we're looking at new kind of use cases for chapters. I've had them in the back of my mind for a long time, but now that we're actually going to have them to play with, uh, I think that things should be fun and, and, and kind of cool. Now that I know what a chapter looks like, embarrassingly enough, uh, the gears are turning in my head about actually how to implement it. So it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, speaking of, Habiting and all of the value talk. We are a value for value production, which means we put it out there week after week, bowl after bowl for your listening pleasure, first and foremost, and for you to get some value out of it. That's the whole point. If I didn't think that you were going to get some sort of value amongst uh, these digital hours that I put out there, uh, I wouldn't do it. We would have given up a long time ago, uh, but we've seen the value grow over time. And so that's what's really magical and uplifting like in a, in all of the senses. And so all that we ask is if you get value out of this program, think about returning that value or putting some of your own value in. It's more than just, I'm asking you for your money because that's really not the purpose of it. It's really not the point. Uh, we're not in it for the money. I'm not in this for the money, Bowler. It's, it's about a larger ideal of value. And we're just kind of, relaying what we found that when we started coming in and putting value into the community more came out for us and we just want you to have that same experience and uh we know that a lot of bowlers are having that experience like uh, our friends over here who stuck some uh dollary bucks into the paypal i'm gonna pull that up right now this by the way is accessible at the bottom of every page right now at the old uh, soon to change bowl after bowl.com. Ye old bowl. Uh, it's like our ongoing joke. I don't know if uh, we'll have a running joke once I actually put the new website out. There was a clip last week that hurt you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The you're, guy tried some. You're really turning the screws to my thumbs, which I appreciate actually, because I need that kind of shit. Okay. Um, Twist it in. We did get uh, just. A little bit ago at 7.38 p.m., our time, a $33 Woo! value contribution from Sir Candinavian. We very much appreciate you, Sir Thank Candinavian. Thank you, Sir Candinavian. Such a sweet dude. And uh, he leaves a note here. Keep on bowling. Grimerica needs a node, me thinks. Everyone uh, needs a node. Sir Candinavian, he's been poking me to say, hey, uh, Grimerica... Uh, the guys over there, hey, Darren, Darren needs to set up a node and, uh, you're the guy to, you're the guy to help him do it. You're the guy to walk him through. And, um, you bowlers already know that I gave up the evangelism game a long time ago. Uh, but I am working on putting out some kind of handholding walk me through videos for the music side of things, which, um, I already have an RSS feed out and published that is a template and I will put the link again in the show notes this week. Uh, special thanks to Tunta who is, I believe the first person to use this template to publish some art because, oh, right. uh, he dropped last night, his new album. It's got two smacking tracks on it. White triangles. Look up white triangles. 
in any of your favorite podcasting 2.0 apps. And uh, I noticed that there is a split for the wolf in there. And so that's kind of my idea with this template. Like I'm putting all of the tags that go into an album in the template. And the purpose of that is you can go to the, that XML feed, you can download it and there is a version that's just clean with sample tags. And there's a version that has comments for every single tag, explaining it and linking it to further documentation so that you can take your own MP3s, make your own node or your own wallet uh, there's a couple of wallet implementations if you're not fully ready to take the plunge and run your own node, although I recommend you do or plan to eventually. Uh, and you can self-publish your own music. And that's another kind of value-for-value value service. I figure, you know, you use that template. My, my split is a real split in there. So the comment just kind of says, hey, you know, if you get value out of this feed, just leave the wolf split in there. Uh, and that's what Tunta did. So I really appreciate that very much. And I love that music. And you should go out and boost the white triangles. Definitely. Documentation? What? I know. Cotton Gin. What? Uh, special shouts out to Cotton Gin, by the way, who's in the chat. And he has uh, the Split Kit Relay, which is a new bot that listens to your live Split Kit. Aw, new baby bot. And uh, it displays the live chapters into your IRC chat as you switch them. And he has he has put together thorough documentation that makes me wonder if he really even is a developer because it's just so straightforward and thorough. <laughs> thorough. It's, it's how I feel when I try to make documentation for something I've written, except for I, I write more of the docs than I even write of the program, and then I don't have a program to actually put docs to, so... <laughs> Uh, that's why I'm not a real developer. But anyway, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Speaking of not being a real developer, uh, we're just getting pews tonight. You may have heard some pews, the old school pew, the original helipad boost sound. Uh, that's because we ran with scissors on the node and we upgraded helipad. Um, I had heard whispers about the new helipad features that are being baked in. I think Eric PP has a lot to do with that, uh, as well as Dave Jones, of course, over there at Podcast Index. And this thing is actually showing me, for the first time, streams. Oh. So, Sats streamed, and I did want to thank Chad F., who streams Sats. A lot of them are anonymous. Uh, I know C. Brooklyn has been streaming Sats. Uh, future Sertoshi has been streaming sats. That's future Sertosh. Future Sertosh. Oh man, look at my bias coming through. Uh, future Sertosh has been streaming sats. Thank you. Uh, Baron of Rotterdam. These are just in the past week, by the way. So I want to thank all of the people who stream sats because we know we've known it's been happening the whole time, but I didn't really have an easy and accessible way to get in there and actually look at names and thank people. Uh, Brian out of Fountain has streamed us sets. In for VX has streamed us sets. Um, yeah, this is amazing. It's killer. It's very cool. And so it's kind of this weird hidden part of the iceberg under the water that we can now take a peek at in the latest version of Helipad. So there's not an official release for this new stuff. And I think they're still tweaking and adding some final things. Uh, but if you run a Raspy Blitz, I can help you update your helipad to this latest thing if you want to see the new interface 
it's just a matter of switching the the source of the tarball that the uh, install script grabs because I have it hard-coded to just grab the latest release by its version number. So even even if the even if tomorrow they released 0.1.11, I would have to go in there and hard code the new version number because I'm not future proof enough to have uh, written it to just grab the newest one, no matter what. Mm. But I will update the script to do that next time I uh, do a pull request to Raspy Blitz. But long story short, this new interface is kick ass, and it's all about those boosts, man. It's about them live boosts coming in. Yeah, tiny bits of Bitcoin coming through. And it makes me want to do a little dance. I'm going to boost some sides. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. So awesome. And it's overwhelmingly awesome lately. All the stuff that's coming through and happening. Yeah, and you can be a part of it by taking all your clothes off and going to nudepodcastapps.com and finding yourself something value-enabled. That's right. Click on that value filter and uh, those are the apps that you want. We like to take Helipad and scroll our mouse button all the way down to six days ago on the fade out where Harvhat always hits us like clockwork. 1420 sats from Harvhat out of podcast index and I get to see the nice little podcast index logo now that I updated Helipad. Beautiful. Just thank a, you, Harvhat. She had another little bonus in there. And yes, thank you, Dave Jones. Appreciate you, Harvhat. Uh, 2730 sats was next from memes, 1337 memes. Thank you. Memes elite. He was boosting from podverse and he was there in the post show and he said, elite boosting the split. So we appreciate you. And, uh, thank you for your bowls. 300 sats from gamer girly riles, gamer girl riles. Gamer Girl Riles. Man, we're going to have to have a pronunciation guide. Yeah, definitely. Gamer G-Y-R-L-R-Y-L-S. I mean Z. S and Z. That's the S-Z sound. What is a Z but a rigid backwards S? Anyway. Fountain. That's where that boost comes from. 300 sats. And the note, always a good time listening to y'all. Keep it up. Well, thank you. We shall. I appreciate that. Thank you for the encouragement. Uh, 22, 22 sats from Trail Chicken. Dame Trail Chicken. Buck, buck. Oh, yeah. And uh, she says, she's coming out of Fountain, by the way. Thanks for providing the RSS feed template. Ah, yes. I have a close friend, she says, who creates his own music and have shared some information around DMU. Wave Lake in parentheses. I'm trying to learn as well so I can help him share his passion. Uh... I would describe Wavelake as Sinmu, right? Centralized music. Centralized music with Bitcoin, brought to you by Wavelake. But uh, DMU, that's what we're talking about, decentralized music, where you own your own shit, you are the boss of your own feed, you're the boss of your own value split, and you can actually pay the people who help you with your project instead of just paying one middleman. And then having to figure the rest out on your own. Programmatic money. It's a big key part of this thing. So we can make one agreement one time with all the parties involved. And then it just works for the rest of the time. We don't have to meet every month and pull out a calculator and try to figure out who gets what sats. They just go to the right place. Ain't nobody got time for the centralized 
uh, business model. It's just, it, there's not enough time. We do have time to put in a little bit of effort and work. It's, it does require a little bit of effort and work. I'm not going to lie to you or bullshit you that, oh, it's as easy as falling off a log. Go over to Wave Lake, send, send Mew. That's as easy as falling off a log. It really is. You upload your shit to them, you give it away, and you say, all right. And, and they'll pay you for it. You know, they'll pay you 90% for it. That's pretty good. Yeah, and you send 10% to the big guy. You give 10% to the big guy, and, and, and the, your reward is easy. You're welcome. It's easy. Then you can grab a bag of Cheetos, which is very easy. And then you can watch football, which is very easy. And you can just do all the easy stuff. And that's easy. Uh, or uh, you can get radically self-hosted and you can go independent. You can be the captain of your own ship, which uh, I think you know what side the bowlers fall on. And I appreciate uh, this message in this Boost Trail Chicken because... This is just catching absolute fire right now. It's it's a big time for it. And so uh, couldn't be more excited for everything that's happening in the space. And I will put a link to the RSS feed template in the notes tonight. Again, in the show notes. So if you've got some music you want to host and get out there to the world, check out the show notes if you need a little guide. Absolutely. And I appreciate your uh, excellent curation of the show notes, by the way. Anytime. And I also appreciate you stepping up in a big way just with this newer technology we're adding. Because, oh, like, yeah. You were just, I know from experience, like just you doing it, you're going to have so much more, you're, so many more people come to you and say, hey, how do I do this? Can you help me? And you're going to be able to. And it's going to be sick. It's yeah. going to be more value. I won't have to say, um, oh, wait, let me consult the dong of knowledge over here. <laughs> you'll send them my way. Yeah. you More you, for you to do. You'll finally stop sending them my way and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I just see this. Yep. It's going to be killer. It is. I'm ecstatic. So we did get a whole bunch of live boosts uh, when we did our Bulls with Buds with Carolyn F- and Fletcher, which we read on the show. Uh, but we also got some boots, boosts after the fact to that, including 7777 from Harv Hat. Who boosted us from the podcast index and he said new shit is coming to lit that's right and that's what we've been talking about so we love that thank you harvat 69 69 coming up next from hey citizen hey 69 69 dudes he said wow what a great show carolyn and fletcher can't wait to listen to it <laughs> he hit us with that in the post show glow uh and then he came back with 36,969, so that's 36969. 69! 69, dudes! And then he said, these are both from Podverse, by the way. Uh, He said, oh shit, I never realized the autistic girl and the hardware store lady could be the same person. That compound attractiveness is insane. It is. Yeah, I posited that it was clear to me that the autistic girl grew up to become the hardware store lady. Uh... It just made nothing but sense to me. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you should check out the album Everything is Lit. Yeah, you gotta do it. You can find it on ellenbeats.com right now. It's there. It's there. Also, uh, if you are on the latest Fountain app, they have integrated a music experience that is in beta and are welcoming your feedback on how it's working and if everything's working right and looking right. So uh, I know the guys over there just like Stephen B., uh, Mary Oscar is also all ears in terms of uh, feedback and uh, fixing things out and ironing out kinks. So they're both 
really responsive and we're lucky to have developers like that working on our stuff. Amen. Uh, Clay Sivian is next. That's a new name for us. At least I believe. 100 sats out of Fountain. Appreciate you. Thank you. Testing, that was you, DeLorean. That was, yes, after you updated the helipad, I believe. 20,000 sats from the dearest Mary-Kate Ultra. Woo! Thanks, Mary-Kate. Out of Fountain. She was boosting that bowls with buds, and she said, placing this episode in my personal national recording registry for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Aw, shucks. It was a great episode. A great bowl was had. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of fun. Uh, 4269 came in from Harv Hat. That's how you know that we fired up the live item and we podded the, pinged the pod, podded the ping, however you want to say it. You pod pod. I'm just a JavaScript guy, so I don't really know how to fucking say things. Uh, <laughs> Why are you trying to say those words? Uh, we appreciate that. He's boosting from the podcast index, by the way. Also, also boosting from the podcast index is... Your man, the dirty, dirty Jersey whore. Thank you, DJW. I'm just trying to take a, a little beat here because I keep trying to jam S's in words that don't have S's in them. And the, I apologize for that. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Thank you. Uh, he <laughs> says, test, 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 which all have S's in them. I very much appreciate that <laughs> content of the boost, sir. I will ding the bell for you. Uh, it worked, by the way. Yeah, test received. 1976. Uh, next up. He decided to add a zero and go over to Podverse. 19,760 sets from your man, the Dirty Jersey Whore. Woo, thank you. He says, out of Podverse, give me some more of that cocaine, you know, that cocaine shit stain. Y'all be good. Uh, I got some lined up right after this, I promise. I usually am into it by now. We've already been going an hour, so uh, keep riding that train high on shit stain. 11,821 sats is next up, and that is an extended Missouri smash boost from our brother down south. The one and only Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, thank you. And uh, he says, in the bowl with that Missouri thunder strain. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I was wondering what that smell was. That makes nothing but sense. Next up, she's back at it. 69! 69, dudes! It's Mary-Kate Ultra with a 69.69 out of Fountain. She said, I need to trade some cards. Hell yeah. Rest assured, we've got some cards on their way to you. That's right. They are coming to you, boo. Uh, Something that just occurred to me is that Helipad is now loading up the same boost bot emoji system for the numbers like if you boost 69 69 you get two lip emojis two mouths yeah <laughs> they've added that to helipad that's so fantastic that's awesome there's so many cool wow. little little easter eggs in helipad right now <clears throat> uh fountain boost next 13,332 sats from bully steed around here she's known as bowly steed that's right thank you <clears throat> and uh she says, out of fountain, if I didn't say that, I'm going to boost some sats. I've got some in my in my wallet. And then she's got the treble clef there for the emoji. And then she says, this is bowling awesome. Yeah. Bowling amount. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, she's getting up and wiggling around to that fantastic jam uh, that Hayes Edison had sent us. 
So always remember. Dance and move your legs around. Gotta stay limber, baby. That's right. Uh, next up, hold on to your butts, because it's 100,000 sats from Clip Custodian. Whoa! What? What? Bings! Thank you, Clip Custodian. What? I'm a supporter of human beings! Absolutely, thank you. No note, just the boost out of CurioCaster on the live tag. Very much appreciated, sir. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, 20,000 sats next from Net Ned out of Fountain. Net Ned. Appreciate you very much, brother. Uh, he said, just tuned in. Sorry to hear about your grandpa. Blessings to you and your family at this tough time. I appreciate that very much. And also want to just thank uh, everybody who's been reaching out on, on NOS, too. It's like... Uh, uh, I've talked to some people publicly and privately who are going through some similar stuff at a similar time. And so it's it's kind of nice to have people who are there and they get it and just have a positive place to interact with people in, you know? Yeah. It's genuine. It's not like fake bullshit. And it's not, um, I don't know, man. It's just something that I appreciate. It's touching. It's so value. It's it's another piece of the value thing that, that I can't explain to these pencil-necked uh, accountants. Uh, 2730 sats is next from memes leet. Woo. He's back. He's from Podverse. He says in the bowl, leet boosting the split, keep calm and bowl on. All right. All right. Calmer than you are, dude. It's probably true. Uh, <laughs> 8888 is next from the lovely Booberry. Boobs. Thank you. Who, uh, along with lavish had an absolute home run night, grand slam night last night. Uh, over there at Behind the Schemes. 8888 sats is what they he uh, laid down out of Podverse. Uh, and what does he say? He says, and this you can take to the motherfucking bank. For anyone that's wanting to get some music uploaded, I'll host it for 3% split cut between Music Side Project, BoostBot, and myself. So he's taken one. Music Side Project's taken one. BoostBot's taken one. More like 97% for the big guy. That's you. You're the big guy. Yeah. I have two more albums from Fresh Faces queued up to upload soon. Ooh. This is another guy that never stops. So game recognize game, and we recognize Booberry. The Mothman never sleeps. Absolutely not. Because, you know, at night they turn the lamps on. It's true, yeah. And then the Mothman cometh and cometh again. Yeah. You wonder why that uh, weird hazy film is on all the lamps when you wake up in the morning well we don't have to wonder <laughs> we know i don't wonder that's right oh and i know that you were wondering when we'd get to the end of the uh boost line what well, we just did we thank you so much bowlers uh our hearts runneth over for real mm, you guys are some of the greatest people that we know uh so we appreciate you going on this weird wild journey with us and just to keep it extra weird and extra wild Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I was just going to say, there's as we already previewed, there's lots of ways to contribute value. Yes, thank you. And simplest of all, you can pass the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. But you can also make art. Like tonight, we're using some art from Fletcher. And you can make jingles, like the Hey Citizen jingle you heard. You can send news stories over. Sir Scandinavian was hitting me up earlier on uh, spook.social with some news. MK.spook.social. MK.spook.social. Excuse me. We want to be technical and correct. Right. Nicole. <laughs> or you can jump into our voicemail because every week we have a first time I ever topic. And tonight 
We're going to be talking about the first time I ever bumped my head on the ceiling. <laughs> so if you've got a story about bumping your head on the ceiling for the first time, all you got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right, we'll play it without screening it. And if you're voice shy or in a dead zone, you can always send a text message to 816-607-3663. That's right. Robots are standing by to handle your call right now. And all week, really. It doesn't have to be live. You can call in at any time throughout the week. Yes, the forever now. Uh, Speaking of forever, uh, it feels like forever. And we need to get into what the people want. Which is a little bit of. Well, just like we don't rest, uh, Bitcoin don't rest either, man. TikTok next block. And I swear to God, there's some kind of conspiracy of Wednesdays being like the biggest thing happening days in the Bitcoin world, like they wait for me to go to bed and they go, all right, do that thing. <laughs> and last Wednesday, the story was long awaited Bitcoin accounting rules change to capture rises and dips. Uh, reading this one from BloombergTax.com that's talking about fair value accounting rules, finally, uh, which was an unanimously approved by vote uh, and now I'm like skimming. Oh yes. FASB. FASB, which is the, uh, goodness gracious. They spell it out at the beginning, financial accounting standards board. So they set the rules for all of the standards in accounting and the standard up until last Wednesday was that if companies held Bitcoin on their books, uh, those were reported in the same way that things like intellectual property and copyrights are reported. Mm. And the way that's reported is you can val- uh, give a valuation of those. And if the valuation drops, you must report the drop number if that valuation falls. But then if the valuation ever rises back up, you cannot report the gains. Huh. And so when you treat Bitcoin this way and you hold it as a company and think about if you're a huge, uh, if you're a company that holds a huge amount of it, I should say, not necessarily a huge company, but pretty much those things go hand in hand. If you're a company that holds a huge amount of Bitcoin, you're essentially up until now required to report the last bottom as the value of your stack. So if you're MicroStrategies or if you're Tesla, if you're one of these other companies that holds a bunch of Bitcoin on your books, uh, all of that Bitcoin since, you know, uh, last fall or whenever the, the last bottom was, has, been, has had to have value, had, had to have been valued at like 16K when that price hit the lowest. Right. Wow. So everybody's walking around now with Bitcoin that's at, I don't know, 25, 26, who keeps track of the damn number? Uh, people that are losing money keep track of the number. Uh, now it's up about $10,000 from that. 
but you can't report that you have $10,000 per Bitcoin more on your books. It's still at that old valuation, the bottom, whatever the last bottom was. Wow. Completely retarded. Uh, but finally, Financial Accounting Standards Board has adopted uh, fair value reporting, which, duh. Like, I don't, I don't understand how the accountants are worth their salt if they don't go for that from the beginning. It doesn't make any other <laughs> any sense any other way. So this is really helpful for all the companies that hold uh, Bitcoin balance sheets because now they can report a balance sheet that accurately reflects the value they're holding. You know, you're talking about $10,000 per Bitcoin multiplied by however many Bitcoin you hold. And, and a lot of these companies hold hundreds and sometimes thousands of them. There's a lot. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a big boon, I think, for companies that hold Bitcoin and also Bitcoin itself. Uh, they've been rejecting, by the way, requests all the way back to 2017 to uh, write these rules for Bitcoin. Their argument every time was that too few Bit companies use Bitcoin in a material way. Hmm. Uh, but the board changed its tune, according to this article, once major companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy started investing in Bitcoin. So uh, that's good news. I think that's a welcome move and really just a common sense move, like something that should have been done from the start, in my opinion. Definitely. But what do I know? I'm just an idiot in this basement. Uh, here's maybe good news for El Salvador and for education. El Salvador to introduce the Bitcoin education in schools by 2024. So next oh, year... nice. Going to teach about Bitcoin in their public schools. Good for them. It seems a little weird to teach you something that you're actually going to. I don't know. It might be relevant to your life in the public education system. I think that's not really the point. Hmm. But El Salvador likes to do things weird, so kudos to them. I think there should be more of this, and I also predict there will not be more of this. I think they will remain the weird only person doing that. Well. So. Cheers to you. I think it's a great idea. I think everybody should at least be taught about Bitcoin, command line, and JavaScript while you're in the public education system. Definitely. And this is why we homeschool. And, uh, and you know, when you're taking a public music course, public education music course, they should sit you down and show you what the fucking RSS feed is and say, hey, did you know you can make money off your own shit and own it? Yeah. You want to be a musician? No, what, is the, what does the public education system tell you about music? They'll say, well, you know, you can do band and marching band, uh, but you can't really actually make it as a musician. You've got to go to college and get a fucking student loan. Well, and then you've got to hope that there's a talent scout that comes and finds you. Yes. And, you know, it's so rare that you might as well just give up on it now. If you look the right way and lick the right butthole, maybe you could make it in the music industry. Yes. Yeah, pishaw, man. We're changing how all of that works. All you got to do is just opt out of that gross thing. Exactly. Opt, opt into your own thing. Come help us build it. Uh, some weird news out of Fold. Uh-oh. Some good, some bad. Boosts and busts is what they decided to uh, call the blog post. Oh, I like busts. Boosts and busts. Boosts uh, and boobs. I, I like boosting busts. Mm. Uh, Visa... Yet again, fucking with uh, the way that Fold works, because, mm. well, 
for their part, Fold is really disrupting how people are spending money on Visa cards in a big way. Uh, Visa recently made changes that will very soon impact some of their rewards over there at Fold. So they they uh, figured out a way to put a positive spin on it by changing some things that they could control. So they are adding something called category boosts, which are coming at the end of this month, uh, which changes some rewards that you get for bill pay and pin transactions. Uh, that's the busts part. Mm. So category boosts that are coming, uh, ride share and taxis, 2%. One and a half percent for restaurants and bars, digital games and media, travel, entertainment. So, so did those things go down? All of those things went up. Oh, okay. From the standard one percent on everything. So, oh, nice. What it was before is one percent on everything, no matter what. Now they are boosting these category benefits, uh, and that's because they are having to uh, chop the PayPal ba- uh, bill pay hack in half. Oh, and this is directly in response to Visa lowering uh, the fees that they collect and pay out for those types of purchases. So basically the way Fold operates is um, there's there's these little percentage fees that merchants have to pay for these transactions, right? If you want to accept a Visa debit card or if you want to accept all these transactions, you've got to pay a percentage of the of the money every swipe. Yeah, troll toll. The troll toll. And so the troll toll is split up between the banks, Visa, and Fold in this case. Or, you know, whoever's the card issuer. And so Fold takes their part and just puts most of it into Bitcoin and gives it out as rewards. And so, you know, that that part is kind of blatantly obvious. It's not really like any kind of grand conspiracy or anything. If Visa's not giving them as much then they can't, you know, they can't pay out more in rewards than they're making. Right. It's unsustainable. Of course. They would they would fold. <laughs> so uh. um so it's changing. Uh I did the math and it's still a net positive for me to keep uh that as a, st- a stacking strategy. Yeah. It not it might not be for everybody. So always reevaluate uh what's going in and out. Uh the thing that I appreciate about fold is that that's a stack that I've been able to, without thinking or adding any extra money over time, I can kind of increase my stack uh, and have some stuff to throw around Yeah. to these boosts. The uh, downside of it is probably the same with any uh, debit or credit card you're going to use in terms of uh, KYCing and privacy mm-hmm. concerns. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I don't know. Everybody has uh, their own kind of willingness in that, so I would just caution you to do your own research. Um, I do not recommend anything or endorse anything in this particular case, I, but I will say I do use it myself, and I'm going to continue using it. It's not a deal breaker for me after uh, some kind of analysis that I did. <laughs> some kind of analysis. Yeah, some kind of analysis. Is that mysterious enough for you? Definitely. I try to keep it a little bit mysterious. Uh, what else did we have? Uh, we talked a little bit about the new helipad update, so that's really cool. Uh, it's still 0.1.10, uh, but now we have, as far as I can tell, we've got the emojis coming through for uh, certain special numbers, uh, the numerology emojis. 
we've got a streams tab where you can see the sats streamed, not just the boosts, which is really uh, pretty cool. And then we've also got uh, a podcast index logo. And oh. I think they're adding a couple more things, but I haven't dove, dove into the discussion yet on it. Very cool. Very legal. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, the latest thing, the latest thing that everybody's been talking about, it was a very interesting discussion. In fact, uh, it was kind of popping off in the Casey Bitcoiners chat. Uh, oh, boy. Just days ago, there was an enormous overpaid fee. Oh, I saw that. It was like a fat-fingered situation. And uh, I wrote it down, but now I need to kind of pull up some sources so that I can send you from the show notes. Uh, but really just to uh, kind of cut to the chase, basically somebody paid about 50,000 times what a regular minimum fee would have been for mm. that particular block to get into the block. Uh, and so what happens is when people make on-chain transactions, they have to pay a mining fee to the miners who mine the block. The mining fee is essentially an open auction that's running all the time, and you can check out mempool.space or other blockchain um, or other mempool explorers, I should say, specifically, to kind of gauge what's going on right now. Like, for instance... If you want to get into the next block, which will be uh, block 807.430, uh, which is not going to be solved until, uh, who knows, random time, right? It's all random. Right. Uh, if you want to get into that block, you got to pay at least 14 sats per virtual byte. So the way the fee is calculated, it's a fee per virtual byte, which takes that rate times however large your transaction is. So the more space you take up in that block, the more you have to pay overall. Uh, this entity, it's not really known who or what uh, made this payment. Was it software? Was it a person fat fingering? Was it, uh, no one really knows yet, as far as I know, the last I checked. Um, but they paid 50,000 times too much. <laughs> and essentially they ended up paying... Um, all of that to the mining pool and the mining pool that mined the block was F2 pool a pool wow. that uh, a lot of Bitcoin hardliners do not like probably for KYC reasons or other reasons I don't really know I have almost no knowledge of mining other than uh, slush pool which is now called brains pool which is kind of the pleb open source pool for lack of a better explanation, just like the TLDR on it. Uh, the fee that was paid was almost 20 Bitcoin. Jesus. The transaction that was sent was about uh, 7.4 million sats, which is about oh 200 bucks. Wow. So <laughs> it's one of the highest fees to date when measured in fiat terms, in dollar terms. Definitely. You, essentially, what we're talking about is they paid half a million dollars oh my worth of Bitcoin to send about $200 worth of Bitcoin. Okay? Yeah. Big lie. <laughs> so it's not really clear who made the transaction. Uh, Jameson Lop over there from Casa said it was most likely a payment processor because he was looking through and doing kind of his own back of the napkin chain analysis on it. Uh, and he said that probably the most likely scenario is some kind of uh, 
an exchange or payment processor with buggy software. And his reasoning behind that is they've received over 60,000 transactions and sent 60,000 transactions from the same address, which in and of itself is bad practice, and probably calculated their change output incorrectly. Mm. However you slice it, though, this is kind of an oops mistake. Definitely. And so the pool uh, manager, uh, F2 Pool's co-founder and administrator Chung Wang on Twitter... Everybody wang chun tonight. Chun wang. Great chun name. Chun wang tonight. <laughs> uh, said he's going to put these 20 Bitcoin on hold for now to be to, to be redistributed to miners if nobody to, comes to claim it after three days. Which set everybody on uh, all kinds of different uh, hot takes. And honestly, this is kind of why I'm on the uh, outside... Uh, social circle of the bitcoin hardcore people is some some of these guys are just walking memes who can't possibly actually believe some of the stuff that comes out of their mouth uh and so i heard arguments that uh this was some kind of psyop right and that uh f2 pool uh giving this back giving this money back would be stealing And it's stealing from the miners is the justification. And so I really like this was fascinating to me. I think it's fascinating just on its face level without that kind of argument because definitely it introduces three. It introduces a huge kind of quandary on three different levels. You've got the legal uh, quagmire. You've got the ethical slash moral dilemma. And you've got the Bitcoin protocol dilemma. Now, luckily for code and Bitcoin, that one's black and white. That one is very easy. No uh, nuance whatsoever there. In the Bitcoin protocol, the Coinbase transaction is already sent to the miner that mined that block, and that UTXO has been spent and is now a UTXO somewhere else, and somebody has the private key to that 20 Bitcoin. Yes. I would assume that Chan Wang has at least one key or has voting rights to at least one key if there are multiple keys associated with the UTXO that could spend this particular almost 20 Bitcoin. So as far as Bitcoin's concerned, that's the true and rightful and only owner and everybody else can pound sand. He has it now. He's got the key. He's got the cheese. Everybody else, tough shit. Yeah. There's not a judge's order that can change that. There's not a a government on earth that can change that. That's just what the code says. So that's easy enough. The legal uh, the legal situation is probably the murkiest because in order to solve that, you would have to know what F2, F2 pools user agreements are. Uh, you'd have to know what everybody agreed to when they signed up for the pool, all of that kind of stuff. You'd have to know a lot of different uh, local and state jurisdiction laws. Um, that is one that... Only lawyers know, right? Sure. But in the legal sla- uh, in the legal quagmire, we use judges and juries to sort that shit out. And what that would result in is maybe, let's say, a judge and or a jury come to the decision that this 20 Bitcoin should go X place, right? Well, yeah. they could say that. And then, as far as the Bitcoin protocol says, you know, you would have to get that person still to fully agree and sign a transaction to send it to X place that the judge said. Now there are other ways of compelling 
somebody to do something if they refuse to. But as far as the Bitcoin itself is concerned, it's not going to move unless somebody signs that transaction with the private key. End of story. Right. So they would have to resort to other measures for somebody who is uncooperative with that Bitcoin. Something like imprisonment, wage garnishment, uh, forfeiture, seizure of property, uh, things of that nasty nature. But as far as the Bitcoin goes, like you're basically going to have to ask rather than force anybody to do anything. The third is the moral conundrum, which I think is pretty easy for reasonable people. And that's usually where the law also goes when things get gray. When things get gray, usually the law defers to what would a reasonable pe- a person expect to do, say, think, or, you know, act. And uh, this is true with lost wallets, for instance. Uh, if you see a lost wallet in a public place on a counter, uh, it's not finders keepers. The same is not true if you find such a wallet in the trash can. So there's a different reasonable expectation of uh, ownership or returning depending on the context of the situation. So that has to be explored. Uh, But morally, I think that really the clear-cut reaction should be yeah, F2 Pool has offered to set this aside, and if somebody comes forward and says that was me and can prove it by signing a transaction from the same address, because you can prove that it was really you, then they'll give it back. And I think that's great. I think that's the obvious right thing to do morally and ethically. Uh, and a lot of people just have this big problem. Um, it was funny because one of the loudest arguments was, uh, oh, the miners should be pit Like, I would be pissed if I was part of that pool Because the miners have a right to that. They paid for that block to be mined, right? Mm -hmm. And my reaction there is like, well, you know, they didn't pay any extra for this guy to accidentally put 20 Bitcoin in the block reward. You know, miners did not, miners could not have increased their effort to increase that mistake or decrease their effort to decrease that mistake, right? Miners had nothing to fucking do with this guy accidentally dropping 20 Bitcoin in the fee. That would be like saying if you had a vending machine, and somebody accidentally puts a $500,000 bill in the vending machine instead of a $5 bill yeah, and uh, doesn't realize it and walks away. And so then the owner of the vending machine says, hey, we set this $500,000 bill aside. You know, if that's you, we have security footage or whatever. We have a way to provably verify that it's you. If it's you, come and claim it. And then... That would be like if all the shareholders of the vending machine company said, no, 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 we have a right to the, to the profits generated from this vending machine. And so we have a right to that accidental, eh, yeah. eh you kind of lose me there, kind of lose me there. Or uh, asserting that, you know, since there is a transaction on the blockchain, that's a, that's provable record that there was an agreement to pay that much for the transaction. An accident is not an agreement. Regardless of what the almighty time chain you might worship, uh, by the way, check your shit, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the time chain. I mean, to take that to its logical conclusion, you'd have to say, oh, if a if a bad actor gained access to your local network and full spent a hot wallet, the victim of theft has no right to be made whole. 
oh, I, I, I like that's just not a world I want to fight for, you know? Yeah. Like where, oh, there was a crime that was committed, but because the crime has been confirmed three times on the blockchain, it's a legitimate crime. No. Incorrect. Try again. So, I don't know. Could it be fuckery? It always can be fuckery. Yeah. I'm not stupid. It always can be fuckery. Um, but the guy who sees uh, the guy who sees every single thing that everybody says everywhere at all times is fuckery. You have to wonder about his motivations. Like, are you are you the one exception to the rule? Are you doing good stuff sometimes? Some of the things that you do, hmm. or is that what you do also? Are you an op? Oh. Anyway, man, it's 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 not really about the uh, conspiracies that we reach. It's about the tinfoil hats we make along the way. It's true. Yeah, that just got me thinking about the very many times I have accidentally clicked too quickly and immediately thought, oh shit, no. Oh shit, no. And you can't take that click back. Yep. You gotta make absolutely sure you're absolutely dead. And <laughs> sending small test payments every once in a while is cool. It's also sort of a thing where your Bitcoin is... uh too big to survive. Bitcoin has like a too big to survive type factor, not a too big to fail. There's no such thing in Bitcoin as too big to fail. There is such thing as like too big to sustain yourself. Mm. So big that you could fuck it all up immediately. Uh, and it kind of rewards smaller little bite-sized stuff. That's why like the, the Lightning Network is so nice. It's built for smaller payments and thus there's smaller fees and everything is super cool. I'm always a little shocked at how many of the local Bitcoiners aren't familiar with Lightning, it seems, or don't utilize it? It's kind of wild. It's a man. lot of on-chain stuff going on. Just another, uh, just another symptom of being early, I would say. Oh, definitely. And part of the on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain, because then you're trying to bring it up and it's, where are the words for this? Mm -hmm. How do I even tell you? Why aren't you just on lightning, my dude? Right. <laughs> you know, the thing. It's a mystery, my man. It's a mystery. Uh, but you know what else is kind of mysterious? What? Strange numbers showing up in headlines. And uh, you always go out there, you find them, you collect them, you put it together, and we call it the... Top 333. All right. All right. All right. There are some biggins this week. Oh, boy, I'm ready. Straight out of the Bloomberg butthole. <laughs> Novo Nordisk obesity drugs have $33 billion potential, JP Morgan says. That's right. Fatty pills. Pills for the fat sows. Making a bunch of money. Who to thunk? Who to thunk? Novo, by the way, uh, owns half of the market for obesity drugs. And I guess, to be technical, these aren't pills. They are injectables. You know them. You've heard the commercials if you've been anywhere near TV, because everyone is running the ads. Mm -hmm. Ozempic, Wagovi, that's what we're talking about. $33 billion. <laughs> it's crazy. That's a lot of fucking money. 
Yeah. For fat shots. <laughs> to mean, try and make you not fat with side effects, including death. The The potential customer base is large in every sense of the word. Most indeed. Other potential side effects include losing your ass, literally. <laughs> and diarrhea. Crazy. No, thank you. No. Um, I think I'll just focus on diet and exercise. I know. Crazy cuckoo over here wearing my tinfoil hat. Yeah. And then but when I'm shit really there. hits the fan, plant medicines. That's right. Uh, shit has already hit the fan, my friend. I have already been on the plant medicines train because too much of the stuff they sell you makes me sick. Mm-hmm. Rashes, nausea, all that stuff. I don't want it. If, I, if it's not going to make me feel better or I'm going to trade one symptom for another, I'm just not interested. I'll suffer through the pain. Thank you very much. Oh, someone else is suffering through the pain. Uh-oh. Signature Bank. They closed back in bar- March. Oof. I remember. And now, from Reuters, comes the headline. Buyers sought for Signature Bank's $33 billion commercial real estate portfolio. Damn. Yeah. Lots of multifamily properties, mostly in New York City. Some money to be had there, my man. It would seem. If you are interested in investing upwards of $33 billion. Yeah, I, I hear New York housing is just going up, 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 man. <laughs> That's really where you want to be. Everything's going up, 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 up. Everything. It's wild. Yeah. And my final story for the top 333 segment tonight comes from France, where French President Macron went to Bangladesh for the first time after 33 years. It's the first time in 33 years that a French president has visited. I don't know the last time Macron went. Macaroon Macron. He's probably never been. Probably never been. At least not as president. Yeah. He flew in from the G20 summit and was invited by their prime minister. So. Well, maybe that's the deal. Maybe they haven't wanted the French there for quite some time. You can't go unless you're invited. Yeah. It would be kind of rude. If if you're the president. Yes. You're not just going to show up like, oh, yo, I'm the president of France and shit. What's up? Yeah. You're not the average tourist. But, you know, he did the things, saw the sights, kissed the babies, shook hands, got bouquets. That's what it looked like. Good, as, you, as you do. Yeah. Good PR, good press up for that's Bangladesh. That's what you get elected to do. Smile and wave at people in public places. <sighs> wow. And then, you know, give 10% to the big guy. Exactly. <laughs> and never cut those strings on your puppet arms. And let hands go deep into your sphincter mm. and flap your mouth for you. No thanks. <laughs> it's a dirty mm. job. Someone's got to do it, and it's not me. Ooh, slips it in. But what I would like is. to do is take you behind the curtain. Oh, yes. Let's go. Yes, so we can talk about and enjoy some weed. Now, one of the things I love about Value for Value is there's no crappy ads. Yes. Unless we're joking or if we're sharing something that 
genuinely brought value to our lives. Yeah. And just telling you about it. You know, it's not sponsored. It also gives us the ability to do honest talk about things, you know, products or services or people or whatever's going on. Yeah, we can say shit sucks, too. Yeah, exactly. We can be honest about our experiences. We are free to say whatever we want. Good luck canceling us. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, a big hubbub this week because the first ever weed advertisement landed on Spotify. Oh, boy. From Cresco Labs. Big fish out there, you know? Yeah. Big fish. So now uh, you get on Spotify and they're telling you, Smoke weed every day. Who would have known? Yeah, but specifically buy it from one person, you know? And and there's probably data to back it up and numbers. Smoke Kreska weed. So many numbers. Big marijuana. Big marijuana. Got to print it on your glass jar in big letters. Marijuana. Marijuana. Goofy. And it's all numbers of these people. I'm not a robot. Numbers don't usually mean that much to me. Oh, they're all into the numbers, man. Not even a magic number. How many clicks per nug you getting, man? Exactly. They're talking about the users and subscribers. and Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, just shoving it in. Shoving it into those ear holes. Here at Dude Man Dispensary, we're getting 24 sniffs per minute. That's right. And, you know, you can... Like and subscribe and follow them on all of the old, legacy, shitty media platforms. Check out our Chuck Tuck video. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know nothing. But I do know I don't want to listen to ads. Fucking A. um, I don't even want to wait the 10 seconds for the skip button to activate, man. Oh, seriously. You can jam that first 10 seconds up your ass as well yeah if my kids are anywhere near a tv they're always looking for the clicker to hit the mute button when ads come on because i've trained them right they don't need that brainwashing there you go oh so there was a uh, supreme court case that came up in idaho this week well the conclusion arrived and what had happened was a driver was pulled over and canine unit was on the scene. And before being asked if they consented to a search, the dog jumped up on the door and alerted. And its paws touched the door. Like, it stood up to take a sniff Ruh-roh. through the window or whatever. So the question being asked was, do paws on the door violate your Fourth Amendment rights? The prohibition of uh, unreasonable searches. Uh, fucking A, they do. I think it's always been absurd from the very start where they're like, oh, a doggy jumped up and down. Exactly. Good doggy. And then they take the dog over and they're like, good doggy. Yeah. Good dog. Good dog. It's like, uh, wait a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. I think that's an absolutely absurd. If you would have told George Washington, oh, yeah, but if you take a hound dog up to the, uh, you know, side of the house, and the hound dog goes, awoof, awoof, and puts his paw up, uh, your property's forfeited at that point, right? You're in, you're in custody. It's so messed up. No, I think that's called an unreasonable search. Definitely. In the Idaho Supreme Court, you'll be happy to know, concluded, yes, yes, that is an unreasonable search. There was another case that 
was a part of this decision um, where someone got out of their car and went to do something. They left their door open and a cop sneakily peeked in and saw that there was a joint under their seat. Oh, no. And then, you know, just said, hey, I got all the rights now. Your shit is ours. Not assholes. So, yeah, it was a good ruling. I like when there's good rulings. It, things that seem like common sense, but apparently aren't because they have to go all the way to the Supreme Courts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dog thing is ridiculous to me. It's so wacky. And then all the German commands. Didn't you feed a canine a chicken nugget one time? I did. In a crucial situation? I did. And I said, good boy. <laughs> and it didn't alert. <laughs> but a roach was swallowed. A roach was swallowed. And those bastards also um, still detained our friend and didn't release him until we left. Literally, they waited till we left. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, you're free to go now. Oh, you got no ride. Pricks, Had to circle yeah. back. Yeah. And we sat there and sat there. Anyway. Different story for a different time. Okay. Sorry. We, I know our, we're yes, stretching um, this one tonight. <laughs> yeah. Dogs like chicken nuggets. Fun fact. It's true. It was also a puppy. So, you know, they're like, oh, we're, we're training this little guy. I was like, oh, I know a good boy when I see one. Anyway. Um, so in Arkansas... Of course, the state, um, well, the General Assembly passed Act 629, which banned Delta 8 THC products, despite the 2018 Farm Bill, which made it 50 state legal, along with anything that's 0.3% Delta 9 THC. (laughs) But I digress. Um, So they were sued. You know, the governor, some of the higher-ups there. Uh, A lawsuit was filed the day before the ban went into effect, and it asked the court to block enforcement through a temporary restraining order, which was granted. And then, you know, there was the hearing held uh, towards the end of August for businesses coming together uh, to sue on the grounds that this law violates the Constitution's Commerce and Supremacy Clauses. Well, the judge agreed... That it does. And decided to block the state's new law banning Delta 8 THC products. Absolutely blocked. Yep. So, 50 state legal? So far in Arkansas it is, at least. All 50 states of Arkansas. All 50 states of Arkansas. There's so many states, it's hard to keep track of them, man. Who's doing what? And they're all trying to pass restrictions because they see it as a loophole, you know? The THC thing. Everyone's hell-bent on the reefer menace of THC. This is the fucked up thing, man. We've we've let it get so backwards that actually the loopholes are being executed by the government. Every bullshit law they pass that is not explicitly delegated to them in the fucking Constitution, that's a loophole they're pulling on us. That's true. They're not supposed to be able to do any of that motherfucking shit. It's all unconstitutional. It's all an overreach. They're the ones doing loopholes on our rights. And we've let it get way out of hand. Oh, this person is free because of loopholes. We haven't actually put him in enough bars in the cage. He can still get out of it. Fuck you. 
that just gets under my fucking bonnet, man. It should. It should. Yeah, the judge wrote um, in his conclusion that the state can pass more restrictive laws that pertain to the production of hemp inside of their state borders. Uh, But when it comes to restricting transportation through the state, that violates federal law. Because, you know, they were just saying no Delta 8 at all. So um, he also wrote here, um, after granting that preliminary injunction blocking the state from enforcing the law, that until further order of this court, uh, the defendants, of course, would um, comply with the injunction. And he added that the plaintiffs have a very high likelihood of success on the merits of their claims if they decide to challenge this decision and take it further. So, yeah. He's swinging, swinging, and hitting him out of the park. I love it. Good news for Arkansas. Yeah. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom has a bill on his desk to legalize possession and cultivation of certain psychedelics, along with a bill that would legalize cannabis cafes. All right. About damn time. Seriously. A little public consumption action. I still think it's just so absurd the amount of hard liquor you can buy at the baseball game, at the anywhere, the laundromat. But weed, oh, heaven forbid you even have a private club where you can smoke weed. Like, Oh, I know. Good heavens. Absurd. A place where you can ingest the marijuanas? Eh, it is weird. It's a very weird world we live in. And cigarette smokers, psh, might as well be lepers in today's society. Hard to even find a smoke stop. You know, smokers gotta look for signs that say, oh, this is a, a cigarette smoking zone. Even though it's still outside with everyone else, it's just, you know, 20 yards into the woods or whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Stupid, stupid. <laughs> In Massachusetts, uh, the Attorney General's office certified two psychedelics legalization proposals, so they can start gathering signatures now. Fuck yeah. Yeah, we'll see if one or both of them makes it, and then I will do the deep dive and the reading of all the pages and tell you all about it and what's good and what sucks. Because nothing's perfect in this world, especially when it comes to government and making change. But a fun thing did happen in Massachusetts this week, and that was in Hull, where the people voted to overturn their ban on recreational weed sales. They saw the money rolling in elsewhere and thought, you know, we don't see a spike in crime or anything, so why aren't we reaping those benefits? Well, because you shot them down before it even started. You said, no, we don't want weed here. (laughs) But at least, you know, they... Saw the folly of their ways. Yeah. Saw the error and decided to change it. It was an overwhelming majority that turned out to vote to overturn that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Better late than never, yeah. 
Hey, I don't know. I don't know if you knew this, but stopping at a highway rest stop and using the bathroom doesn't make you automatically a drug trafficker. Oh? Shocking, right? I mean, I've had to stop to piss many times, but... Me too. I've sold drugs to somebody every single one of those times. Oh, I'm shocked. Shocked. (laughs) Give me a break. Right. I, I need to know... I need to know more. This is a case that came out of Minnesota. Okay. Where a guy was driving on the highway. Probably didn't realize he was being tracked, you know, by a uh, trooper on his ass. Pulled into a rest stop and went to take a pee. Came back and a canine had already alerted on his car and he was being put in cuffs because the cop found a pound of meth. Oh, my God. This man got a nine-year prison sentence for stopping at the wrong time to take a pee. Incredible. So they fought like hell, and the evidence this past week ended up being tossed out by the Court of Appeals, uh, which ruled that behaviors like driving out of cities or walking into a rest stop do not add up to reasonable suspicion of drug trafficking. Yeah. As shocking as it may be. Imagine that. And this man, who was, as I said, serving a nine-year sentence, had his whole case tossed. Incredible. Yeah. You should come back ever. for a big, fat settlement, man. Yes, you should. I agree. And this is going back to this thing. I've said this before, but, like, these civil servant assholes who ruin people's lives and make these mistakes, these blatant mistakes, just because they're bloodthirsty or whatever... They are. They got a boner out and not for justice. Uh, They should be held personally liable. I agree. It shouldn't just be the taxpayer bailing out these fuckwits every time. Because they don't, they get slapped with a fine and it's the city of, you know, jackass that gets slapped with a fine. It's not the actual person who made the error. So they just get to go along their merry way. Worst thing that ever happens to them is they get a lateral transfer to some other city and do it again. Mm Mm-hmm. It's insane, man. It is. And, you know, if we make these assholes take out insurance policies that pay out those settlements instead of the taxpayer, whatever. But it it shouldn't be the taxpayer, both the victim of this crime by the state and then having to pay to compensate the victim of the crime later on. It's such a clown world we live in. Hong Kong. It's rigged at every single corner, every step. Yeah, it is. It sucks. Oh, the state fucked this guy? Well, the state's going to fuck you to unfuck this guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't even unfuck the guy with money. No, all you can do is go down swinging. Oh, my goodness, man. It's overwhelming sometimes. And stay light on your feet so they never get you down. (laughs) You got to keep on moving. Got to. Nobody going to break my stride. That's right. And that's how one mom in New York City felt. I shared her story before because it's horrible. And it makes me sick that this happens every single day to new moms in America. This woman was around nine months pregnant, enjoying a cookout with her family, smoked a little weed, and then started having contractions. Mm. So, and you know, that was a while later. She smoked weed earlier in the day. She went into labor later in the day, and she went to the hospital to deliver her baby. You already see the red flag. Right. (laughs) It's always a risk walking in those doors. 
It's like you lose a bunch of rights. Yes, it is like that. It's kind of wild. It sucks. Anyway, she's in labor, and the nurse asked her if she had um, done any drugs or drank any alcohol that day. And she was honest with the nurse. Always a mistake. And told her that she had smoked some weed. With the state. At a cookout. (laughs) Honesty is not the best policy. Shut the fuck up is the best policy. Yes. So, of course, what did they do? They drug tested her and the newborn when the baby was born, her son, without consent. I don't believe they need consent to do these random drug tests in the hospital. They have all of your body fluids. Yeah. They can do what they want with them. Yeah. And, of course, um, both her and the baby popped positive for THC. Oh. God forbid. Heavens. Two days later, she had a neglect case opened against her, and her baby was put in foster care, her newborn, two days old. They hadn't even left the hospital. Incredible. Because in New York, and in many other places... But in New York City, their Administration for Children's Services has a policy which states that marijuana in an infant system uh, is grounds enough for neglect and removal. In New York! Yeah, neglect. Pot. So anyway, ACS there has been criticized for going after parents for weed for a long time. And this mom had to go through hell. She did get her baby back, um, I think, a week or two later. That's good. But it's too long. That's a newborn. Yeah. A newborn needs their mother. Crucial. And a mother needs their newborn. The most crucial days are those first ones. But in on the other side of things, like most women in that situation have to wait much longer. Yeah. And it's so unconscionable that they can do this the state can come between a mother and her infant child yeah go away uh the baby had been kept in the hospital even though it was under foster care in the hospital but so she was able to bring him home but what comes with that once you are in the acs database oh well you get unannounced visits in the middle of the night you know they love to do that Mm -hmm. scare the shit out of you in the middle of the night it's a bad idea in the hood they did this for three months to her they also required her to submit random drug tests and she had to take a parenting class (laughs) (laughs) it's so i'm sorry but a parenting class just is on its face so absurd it's yeah and it's degrading Yes. It's insulting. Yes. It's, it's meant to be, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's their game. It's Shame sick. on you. They're rubbing your nose in the poo. Yeah. That they pooed. They're rubbing your nose in their shit. Yeah. Well. It's unconscionable. As I mentioned before when I brought this story to the bull, she sued them. Um, and she claimed that she was targeted for being black. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to tell you that the New York City Child Welfare Agency settled out of court, and she won $75,000. All cash, baby. This is now the first case holding the Administration for Children's Services accountable 
for violating a provision of New York's legalization law, which bars removing a child for pot use alone. So this should not happen again. Precedent has been set. 75K is chump change, though. I know. That's what I kept thinking. Violation of that order. I mean, that's that's just a settlement and big eyes on a check, you know? If... It's tough to really, if you're in that personal situation, to go knives out and like say, fuck you, we're going to hurt you. I'm sure she wanted to just be done with it mm-hmm. and have that chapter of her life closed and in the past. Mm-hmm. But I think she could have done so much more damage to them and gotten a lot more. Because they yeah. broke the law. These, these they CPS broke the situations law. that are going around are... Most of them unforgivable. Yes. In my opinion. In my opinion, that's that's type of thing is on the same par with murder in the in the absolute disgust of a uh, level of crime that that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I don't have anything nice to say about America's child welfare system and how it works with people who enjoy weed. Historically, it's the whole reason why I looked into getting a midwife in the first place. Besides this primal feeling that I was capable of doing everything on my own and a fear of IV drugs. <laughs> the needles. <laughs> because the yeah. needles. I Yeah. And fear of hospitals. I really don't like hospitals. I pass out in hospitals a lot. They make me woozy. They're a disturbing spot, man. Ugh. It's the lights and the sounds that the lights make in there. Mm-hmm. And then I just get woozy. I don't know. And also needles, yeah, like you said. But, man, there are... It just breaks my heart because, especially if you look up Alabama, there are moms every single day having their child taken away from them because of weed. It's stupid. A mom can have a glass of wine, but she can't smoke a joint? Fuck you. Yeah, it's none of your business anyway. <laughs> yeah, she could get a prescription for something that really takes her out of this world. Puts her on autopilot, you I know? know? It's uh You can get barred out legally, but God forbid you smoke some weed. It's crazy. It's just it's there's no words, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. New York is also being accused of money laundering this week from an anti-cannabis coalition. Yeah, I've avoided talking about these guys for a while. The Cannabis Impact Prevention Coalition. Uh Because they're also suing the state, uh, trying to overturn the 2021 legalization. They're one of those groups. Uh Super prohibitionists. But this case is challenging the legality of a $200 million cannabis social equity fund. And they're saying that they are funding drug trafficking, which is federally illegal. What? Yeah. Because, you know, weed is state legal, but it's federally illegal. Well, yeah. So <laughs> every store becomes, every retail shop or dispensary becomes a drug trafficker, and the state has gathered this money from investors to pay the stores, so they are money laundering. They're funding drug trafficking. Oh, my God. And, I mean, just think of the children. Come on. <laughs> I mean, uh, when when they finally do lose their mind all the way, remember who you heard it from first, that the shit's still illegal everywhere. 
regardless of what your state did. Yeah. Yeah. But to call the state uh, money laundering through their state legal businesses is silly. And I don't think it's absurd. I don't think their cases to overturn legalization or this have an ice cubes chance in hell. No, because it's been tried before in other legal states to overturn legalization because my federal illegal controlled substances act schedule one. Exactly. They're, they are, uh, headline chasers. Yes, absolutely. it, it, It works well. Uh, if anything flips on the whole, you know, if if the federal government flexes on the whole, hey, weed's illegal everywhere, remember? Uh, it'll be their decision, not a decision of some private citizens who are ass-blasted about legalization. Um, the prohibitionist uh, grassroots movements are just as dickless <laughs> as the prohibitionist legalization movements in terms of actual real teeth and power. Indeed. What was interesting that I saw in the court papers here is that $150 million of this social equity fund came from a firm in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago Atlantic Admin, LLC. Interesting. And that money is said to have come from their legal weed industry. So, well, uh, one state supporting another, I suppose. But, ah, New York's legalization is a slow roll. Yeah. They only have 16 dispensaries open in the whole state. That's so weird, because it's such a huge state. I mean, mm-hmm. New York City itself is huge. It's the biggest city we have in this country. But uh, New York State? Um, goddamn enormous. It is. And in a place where there's a bunch of tiny states around it. (laughs) It's like almost, it's pretty much like having a Midwest state up there in New England. Yeah. Right on the edge of it. Crazy. New England is such a trip. Going back there and driving, being in one state and then the other. It's extra different. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well. In North Carolina, the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians became the first jurisdiction to legalize weed. Ooh. Yep. So we'll see how that rolls out. Good for them, though. Yeah. Um, You remember the Aspergillus testing requirements in Oregon? Uh, yes. And there is a lawsuit going against them because, you know, even... Big Daddy CDC says that people are breathing in aspergillus every single day just by walking outside and whatnot. So, to avoid a fight, the regulators in Oregon have decided to suspend those testing requirements. Which is good news all around. I think. I think so, Less too. testing requirements, less third hands, you know, passing. It's just from grower... To bowl. You know, I like that. I agree. Not all those fucking labs and, and then giving you some bullshit it, THC percentage that's going to change as the flower ages. and It's also got to be opt-in, man. Like, Yeah. You know, you, I'm not saying, like, you nobody should test your shit and testing is bullshit in general. I'm just saying, like, if a place wants to test, they should test. If I just want to go look at a package and taste the weed and use the weed, you know. 
Yeah, and don't even get me started on licenses. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, man. I won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, a vape business in Pennsylvania is suing the Lancaster County DA and the drug task force there for seizing all of their hemp products that contained any sort of THC. Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 9, anything and everything. Uh, a detective and... Three unidentified agents walked in and said, we're taking this <laughs> and took $300,000 worth of products from 25 different smoke shops and convenience stores. <sighs> now, you know, they claim, well, if we didn't take this from you, you could have been fined and potentially jailed. Oh, Says God. who? What's happening here is that the law enforcement in Pennsylvania, and specifically this county, in Lancaster County, has decided that all THC is illegal. Right. Even though the 2018 Farm Bill says, you know, because it says 0.3% Delta 9 THC. Mm -hmm. So then they're just like, oh, well, if it's 0.3% Delta 9, it's fine and everything else is bad. Mm -hmm. Delta 8, Delta 10, all illegal. And they're just going nuts. They're drunk with power. Yeah. Weird how that happens. Oh, really? Yeah. And then getting you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of products that they can what, auction off in another state or enjoy themselves or. Right after they take cheese ball pictures standing next to it, giving thumbs up. Yeah. For their I mean, fucking Facebook profiles. Of course, they're going to be putting it in lockers to be forgotten forever. Evidence lockers. Uh, sure. And it's going to stay there. Safe and sound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Only the DA can conduct a seizure in Pennsylvania, so that's why the businesses have to go after them. In Virginia, officials are being sued in federal court over their state law restricting THC content. Uh, and it's a similar thing. The state is now limiting 0.3% THC total of all the deltas, <laughs> doesn't matter what teach, it's got to be 0.3% or less. Uh, whereas, you know, Farm Bill specified 0.3% Delta 9 specifically. Right. Uh, Virginia law also is now limiting edibles to two milligrams per package. <laughs> per fucking package. I mean, five's like a threshold to medium dose, so you'd have to buy... Five milligrams is the federal standard if they're doing a, t a test of some sort, like a study. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's like what they give people. Standard dose. Yes, a five standard dose. So you'd have to buy three packages just to get a standard dose. Right. These people don't know what they're doing, and they're regulating and just like they're, they're regulating shit. They don't have any idea what it does or what it is or how much is normal. They don't know shit. They're just signing bills, man. Mm-hmm. They are indeed. It's crazy. So. Luckily, the retailers and some customers and a uh, hemp producer and distributor is suing them. And maybe they'll turn it around, you know? Maybe they'll win. But they're arguing that Virginia's putting state law in conflict with federal, uh, like the Constitution's supremacy clause. That's their argument, is the supremacy clause. A common one nowadays. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight... 
comes from the Pacific Northwest, where Portland City Council unanimously passed an ordinance to ban consumption of controlled substances in public. And you know, I hope it fixes everything. I hope that their tent cities dry up and disappear, and that the people are well again and on their merry way and getting jobs and being productive members of society. But I have a feeling he'll just be locking more people up and that the tent cities won't go away. They'll still be there. Maybe people won't even get locked up, you know? Yeah. They'll still just be the untouchables out there. That's probably correct. That's all I've got tonight. That was a great run behind the curtain, man. Well, thanks. We really told the government how we feel about him this time. (laughs) This time and every time. (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, Well, it's all love for the Rev Cybertrucker. Sir Rev Cybertrucker to you. And uh, he's got us with another metal moment, just like last week. All right. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. If you've ever wondered what it would be like to hear heavy metal from a galaxy far, far away, well, tonight I've got you covered. If you're a fan of Disney's Clone Wars and Rebels series, then you're probably familiar with Sabine Wren. And if you're familiar with Sabine, then you'll know this next song fits the Mandalorian hothead to a T. From the new Disney series Ahsoka, Episode 1, released in August of 2023, this is a cover by Jeremy Bronze Music. The Sabine Introduction. Big time. Big time energy. Indeed. Thank you, Rev. I love that. Bringing it big time. You can follow 
the Reverend's exploits, just go over to noagendasocial.com. He's at Rev Cyber Trucker over there. And uh, follow him around, little Kenny and Grogu pics. Little what's on his mind lately. He might even throw you some sass if he particularly likes you. You know, I particularly like bowlers who call in and leave uh, a voicemail for this little game that we play. First time I ever. First time I ever did a thing, and uh, Lorian was so excited to do a thing recently for the first time in her life mm-hmm. that uh, we decided to make an F tie out of it. First time I ever hit my head on the ceiling. And. Uh, Maybe you could start us off, Lorian, just to get us in the mood. Well, all right. The first time I ever hit my head on the ceiling was just a couple weeks ago. During our much-needed vacation, when we were staying with Farmer Todd. And we were staying in his lovely camper. Well, now granted, I think it's important for the bullers who might not know and have only heard you. Oh, give him a little visual. To say that in order for you to even be physically able to hit your head, you'd have to clone yourself twice and all of you stand on each other's shoulders. Pretty much. I'm fun size. Yeah. Or 410 lady. Not really in a lot of dam- uh, damage, I was about to say, but danger. <laughs> yeah. Of bonking your head on the ceiling at any given moment in any given room. I can go into colonial homes and feel comfortable. You know those ones with the low ceilings and the chandeliers that hang down about five feet off the ground? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just glide, run under that. Anytime there's a sign that says, duck, or watch your head. I do. I do, because I read. But I don't really need to. And so it shook me to the core when I finally bumped my head on the ceiling. And what had happened was... We were in the camper, and we woke up in the morning, and I had to put some clothes on to exit the camper. So I stood on the bed, which I know is poor form, perhaps, and uh, I stood up, you know? I just stood on the bed and went to, like, put one foot into my jeans. (laughs) Bam. Head on the ceiling. Bumped it. Right in front of you. You witnessed it. My eyebrows went way up. It was a notable moment. Because, you know, there's not that many things that you do anymore that I've never seen you do before. You yeah. know? We've been together a very long time. I've seen it all. Yeah, dang. I try to keep it fresh, but, you know. You know, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough when we've, you know, been through so much together. That's true. So when you do something that I've never seen you do, it always strikes me. And this was one of those moments. Like you, striking the ceiling with your head. Yeah, ba-doop. I was so proud. I you. didn't... It took me a minute to collect myself and fully comprehend <laughs> what had happened. It, it's a weird sensation, isn't it? I just was like, huh. Like from oh. above, thwack. I hit my head on the ceiling. Weird. Mm. Now, which part of your head was it? Was it like the back dome round part? No, it was the tippity top. The very top. The very top of my head. Mm. Yeah, those parts are kind of weird. It's kind of it's just like a weird sensation. The aftershock is like, oh, what happened? Where am I? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we don't know where this next caller is either. Uh, hey, how are you? <laughs> nice. Oh. I see what you did there, caller. Yeah. So the first time I ever 
hit my, I don't remember the first time I hit my head on the ceiling per se, but, uh, Must have been pretty I hard. I remember hitting my head on the ceiling in a uh, car that my mom had. It would have been late 70s, early 80s, uh, holiday, uh, I guess it was a Caprice holiday wagon. It was orange with the, uh, the wood simulated uh, paneling on the side. It's a great car because it uh, was huge. It was a big, huge boat. Um, and then it had that weird, like, pop-up seat in the back that, you know, you could look see people back there that looked backwards and got sick to their stomach and threw up. Um, yeah, so we would lay, like, those, the front, the rear two seats down and then that, We'd have that uh, that rear pop-up seat laid down. I remember my mom just laying like a whole huge freaking blanket in the damn thing. And we'd bring our pillows when we'd ride up north or go on trips and just like, you know, fuck seatbelts. Uh, right. But yeah. But not with your days. But anyways, I was riding with her and I think one of the neighbor ladies uh, when I was growing up. And I know I was a uh, little, I wasn't typically a ram, very rambunctious kid to say, uh, mostly, I would say. But for some reason, I was, that day I was jumping up and down on the seat, uh, like looking between the two seats to the front, uh, and had my arms on the backs of those seats that I kept like bouncing up and down like I was on a damn trampoline. Um, and I hit my head on the ceiling, and there was a wire up in the ceiling that went right into my head and caused me to bleed, uh, which freaked me out. Uh, yeah, I had a nice little, uh, nice little hole in my head from uh, the wire. I didn't even know what it was, the underwiring, because, I mean, I, I think it was, they made car headliners quite different back in the day. They were... Uh, almost more of a material uh, that had a framing in behind it. Mm. Uh, whereas today it's almost like a, uh, almost like a molded cardboard uh, material uh, that they end up adhesing, ad- adhering fabric to, to make your, uh, your headliners and your cars. So, but yeah, that was the first time I, Oh. <laughs> Not the first time he hit the uh, voicemail wall, though. With his head. It was the most memorable time I hit my head on the ceiling, I should say. So. In the bowl! In the bowl! In the bowl. Wow, did he line that up word for word? Hold on, let me get the, the back end of that again. Hearing fabric, too, to make your, uh, your head liners and your cars. So, But yeah, that was the first time I... It was the most memorable time I hit my head on the ceiling, I should say. So. Wow. In the bowl! Okay. Very nice. In the bowl. In the bowl. The most memorable time you can remember hitting your head on the ceiling. I suppose if you get a good smash in, like, all bets oh. are off. You might not remember. Uh, that's true. Huh. I wonder if this next caller remembers. Face to the screen, bowlers. Hey, face. Hey, you know, I was just listening to... Uh, Spencer talk about his grandfather passing and my condolences for that. Thank you, man. Uh, certainly. But 
I don't want to make it all about me, but I'll tell you, I've been there, and when my grandmother passed away back in 2013, Jesus, it's been 10 years now. And uh, I went up there to West Virginia, and um, well, I didn't realize until, like, I knew I had a lot of cousins and stuff, but, man, she had 53 descendants, and it's like, holy cow. And the thing about that is, when my grandfather died back in 1956, she never remarried after that. Like, she never had, like, a stepdad move in there on the kids or anything, nothing. Mm. She raised him by herself, and she was discouraged from doing so. They, The lawyers came in and tried to tell her they should split the kids up, and she was like, mm. fuck you, basically. Good for her. And I never man. knew that story until I went to that funeral. Wow. And uh, I'll tell you, that generation, man, you got to love them. Absolutely. And they'll be truly missed. So, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Appreciate your face to the screen. Yeah, I agree. There's like, uh, I don't know, the the cultural warpage that's gone on in the last just three generations, you know? Yeah. It's it's kind of insane. It's hard to wrap your head around. It is. And it's even harder now that we're, you know, the, now that they're leaving us for good. Yes. It's like... Our kids aren't going to have any idea. At least we remember some stuff from like when we were kids, but that generation, man, you're right. Something special. Definitely. Oh, man. That's so badass, too. Yeah, I appreciate that call, man. What a lady. I did uh, reach back into the recesses of my mind to recall the first time that I ever hit my head on the ceiling. And it was very soon after I got uh, a bunk bed and top bunked it up. I think it's one of those, like, getting a bunk bed right, rites of passage. Yeah, if you're on the top, for sure. Nowadays, a lot of bunk beds, they're pretty low. And I think the new one we got for the girls is one of those cases where it's pretty low. Mm -hmm. You're pretty safe. Their last one wasn't. I their last one was not. Their last one was similar to mine, where you could hit your head even like doing a jump bounce from your knees on the bed. Yeah. If you did it right. It would be pretty ridiculous and you'd probably get yelled at for making too much noise first, but you could you could pull it off. But there was no standing up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you kinda have to stand up to swing your foot over to get to the ladder. And so yeah, real quick I had checked up there, man. But you learn. At least I wasn't like my cousin. My cousin was doing kind of what I'm talking about, the knee jump on the bed, only it was like more like hands and knees jumping on the bed, like a buck and bronco going wild type of kid. Sure, yeah. Situation. And he was doing this all around, all around, and then he smashed his head on the uh, glass light fixture. Ooh. One of those old school square glass light fixtures with the frosty glass, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like a boob light? Thousands of shards of tiny pieces. Not like a boob light, like a... uh, Almost looks like a. I'm trying to picture the square. You like a said. sushi dish. Okay. You know? Yeah, that kind that was sort of open at the top, so it was basically just a big glass plate of tray that would like collect dead flies and bugs. And shit. <laughs> oh, gross! Yeah, it was like the worst of all possible light fixtures. Uh, I'll look up a picture of one and I'll show you what it looks like. But yeah, smashed that glass went everywhere. It got real quiet. Everybody kind of froze, and then he goes, "That was good news." Oh my gosh. He was very young and a goofy man. <laughs> and uh 
That was of course, good news. Of course, it wasn't good news. No, yeah, but exactly. My cousin is like a cartoon character, and uh, I don't know, kind of like a Stimpy mm. or a Pinky type of cartoon character. I this see. next caller, maybe he's Rin or the Brain. Hey, beautiful bowlers. Hey, maybe hey. this time the call will be clear because I'm not at the brewery in the middle of the woods. You're coming through crystal clear. Uh, yeah, first time I hit my head, dude, too many times to even recall the first. Um, I would have to be betting I was a kid and my sister and I were jumping on beds. Um, that was kind of a fun thing we used to do. And at some point, you know, we've got older bed frames that are a little bit higher. So by the time you throw on the box spring and then the mattress, you're already dealing with, you know, a bed that's probably about 30 inches off the ground. Uh, or, the, you know, the top of the mattress is about, you know, uh, pretty high up there yeah. kind of thing. And uh, especially if you have two kids jumping on the bed simultaneously, kind of like a trampoline you get that slingshot action or something like that. Um, I'm willing to bet that's probably the first time I did it. But more recently and way more relevant, uh, last job I had decorating Mardi Gras floats, those things that are constructed out of steel I-beams for the main chassis, and then it's built out with wood from there to give it the walls, the flooring, and stuff like that. They had about 60 inches from the top of the wood deck to the bottom of the I-beam for the second level structure. I'm six foot three. Mm. So mm. I'm a constant, I would have to be constantly walking around with, you know, either kind of stooping a little bit, have my head down or something. And I can't tell you the number of times I clocked my head on the bottom of a steel I-beam when uh, maneuvering around a Mardi Gras float. Damn it. So that shit sucked. I now, bet. A couple of the, the good head ringers, too, make you see the little stars and oh. birds floating around. Oh, no. uh, now, at, now at the brewery, a lot of the fermenters, the legs are kind of boxed in. Uh, uh, you know, you'll have either four or six legs coming off the bottom of the fermenter. And then there will be some, you know, steel kind of squaring all the legs. And it's the bottom cone. And the very bottom valve of the cone on the fermenter is about three to four inches off the ground. Like previously stated, six foot three, trying to step over and squat and hunt. Oh, what's he hunting? Damn, son. Three minutes rolls by pretty quick. The significance anyway, of the uh, passage of time. Uh, finishing up thoughts. Most importantly is just about having a spatial awareness and situational awareness when you're around and what's overhead. So uh, I'm kind of uh, past the point of counting or even trying to fathom how many times I hit my head on shit. Um, it's guaranteed at least once a week at work or something Oof. like that. So I've gotten better about making sure they're not the fucking head ringers that make you see all the stars and yeah. get all like stupid woo-woo. So. Anyway, y'all, yeah, enjoy the bowl. May they burn ever brighter. Peace, love, take care. Peace and love, Laren. Appreciate you, love. Yeah, we love you. Might have to send that boy a uh, hard hat. 
seriously. Or a padded helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the hard hat. <laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. You can do that and uh, do you know have a little manly look with a hard hat going on. Yeah, but with the padded helmet, you can have a very special day for a very special boy. I know the answer for you is no, but have you ever <laughs> have you ever cracked your head on something while wearing a hard hat? It's the it's actually a beautiful experience because first of all you still get your world rocked like you would normally. Yeah, those things are uncomfortable. But then you go, oh my! Like all of it is absorbed by the helmet. Huh? And you're like, just sitting there imagining what it would have felt like had you not had the helmet on. You're like, holy fuck! Well, this sounds like another F tie. I have bonked my head on something while wearing a hard hat. And yeah. Even if it's just a, oh, bump shit, you know, like, they save lives if somebody drops a hammer from seven stories up. But they all they save way more stars in your eyes than the, than lives. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. Because it's just, you can crank your head on something, and you're like, oh, it's still, it still rattles your cage, you know? You're still like, oh, shit. But at least it doesn't hurt like hell for the next, you know, all the rest of the day, really. Uh, got one more caller. All right, let's I mean, hear it. You interested? Definitely. Face to the screen again, Bowler. Oh, uh, back let's back face. Get to the, tonight's topic, I suppose. Yes, yes. Normally, when I hit my head on the ceiling, now I can't tell you the first time I ever did it because I've forgotten so much about my previous life as a youngster. Mm. But when it comes to uh, hitting my head on the ceiling, when I'm having like a lucid dream, or if I suspect that I'm dreaming. I try to jump as high as I can to try to hit my head off the ceiling. Mm. Now, I don't, I'm a white guy, so like I can't jump very high. So, I see. <laughs> if I'm able to jump high enough, to, like a lot of times in my dreams, I just try to like jump up on the roof of my house or something. Like if I'm near a building, I just try oh, to jump okay. on the roof. And it's like, if I can make it, then uh, chances are I'm dreaming. I think the odds are you good. Know? But yeah, so like the, I like to, like those dreams where I have where um, I know I'm dreaming, so I just like, just jump up and just put holes in the ceiling, you know, with my head. <laughs> nice. Like, well, I'm not really hurting myself because it's just a dream and fuck it, why not? You know, like, kind of bored. Then I kind of wake up and my legs are kind of tired from all the jumping. <laughs> I don't know. I hope I don't, like, keep my wife awake by, like, kicking my legs while I'm sleeping. But uh, I guess that's just all uh, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. It was all a dream. That's what we realized. That was what we realized right after we paid the drywall bill. Wait a second. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I love waking up with that feeling of thank goodness it was a dream. Oh, man, yeah. Versus, I've had some of those. hey, let me back. I want to go back to dreaming. I don't want to get out of bed. Sometimes you have to, like, just sit there and process, like, all right, none of that happened, so let's... <laughs> Un- let's untangle this ball of yarn that is my stress right now. Yes. We just got to walk it back slowly. It's like, okay, I just realized that didn't happen, but I'm still quite upset over it having happened. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So now I have to re-put my psyche together. <laughs> Give me uh, just a second. It's tough, especially because you have to process it alone. Uh-huh. I mean, you can tell people about your dream, but having lived then, it. Then they're like... Don't invite him to any more parties, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit about your dreams, dude. Oh, uh, jeez. I love dream stories. Though. Dreams are great. Yeah, We've fascinating. Done, done some great dreams episodes with Sir Seat Sitter. 
We have indeed. Uh, we also need to do another great F tie. Oh yeah, for next bowl. What is the next uh, F tie? Well, I have a bit of a list here going on. Okay, I know I saw some excellent ones at the chat. Yeah, I've been trying to take them down as they're rolling through. Uh, like first time I ever have been shot at. Uh, I wrote down first time I ever died in a dream. First time I ever bonked my head while wearing a hard hat. First time I ever almost died. First time I ever fell out of bed. First time I ever exited a moving vehicle. First time I ever... Oh, we did that one. Uh, Took a cold plunge. First time I ever Korean barbecued. First time I ever got waxed. I think let's do died in a dream. Ooh, okay. Uh... Those other, like, Almost Died is a fantastic one. Yeah. I'm glad they're all on the list. Yes. Um, I think death is the unavoidable theme right now, so let's just lean with it rather than fight it. All right. But I like In a Dream because that's really a fascinating one because you kind of experience it even though it's not real. You know? Definitely. It's like you do die, but you didn't die because you were just dreaming that you died, but... Still die. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting topic. For sure. Now, I do have one note here. Do we have a voicemail make good? Do we? Uh, Trash Squatch had left us a voicemail oh, for Fletcher and Carolyn. Yes, thank you. And we did relay it to the smoker. That's right. And uh, they did get that uh, on their end. But we need to make good on that uh, voicemail on our end. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Let me see if I can find that correct. Uh, yeah, here we go. Hey, this is oh, this is like a day I've dreamt of for a while. The smoker and the bowl, we hit it together. So, okay, I've already told Fletcher and Laney that I'm going to send them some wine. It's almost ready. Uh the first ferment is done, and I'm going to start the second ferment with a little bit more yeast and honey Ooh. with the guava wine. But I want to make sure that the the bowlers, I've called in a few times, it sounds a little different. We've just got to make it stew. Yeah, some other stuff. <laughs> but I want to make sure you guys like wine, too. Because I want to give you some value, and I ain't got none of that papery fake money. Uh, but yes, my question. Hey, how have you not done this sooner? At least where I've heard it. Have a good evening. I'm smoking in the bowl tonight. And every night that I have a chance to. Right on. Good evening. Good evening. I should hang up now. I remember this. <laughs> uh. You hang up first. Well, thanks for calling in, Trash Squatch. And you will be happy to know, in the show notes of our Bulls with Buds, I listed the six other times Carolyn or Fletcher, or both of them, have been in the bowl. That's right. That... Uh, caused me to realize that we owe Carolyn another solo. We do. Bowls with buds. To balance the bowls. So there should be a bowl balancing. I'll uh, I'll holler at her. 
bowl balancing. As far as liking wine, though, Trasquatch. Oh, I love wine. Uh, <laughs> immediately, I thought. All the better, dear, to cut you deeper, too. It's you running through my heart like water. There's your answer. <laughs> uh, not bad for just a complete and pure needle drop. I didn't know exactly where that came in, but I did a guess. I've heard it enough times that I could get pretty close to the chorus. Good job. All right, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> it's you running through. Oh, I love this one. Good stuff. Um, Are you going to yeah. listen to that whole song, by the way, on the Stay A While album? By Abel and the Wolf. Ah, huh, yeah. I guess I should have said that. That's another thing I'm bad at is pimping my own shit. Ah, that's all right. I'll pimp it for you. Thank you. I'll be your pimp. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, and thank you for calling in, Bowlers. Uh, to get your topic for the next time, where we're talking about the first time I ever died in a dream, 816-607-3663. And that leaves us with one piece of business left ah, fuck it dude let's go bowling let's go bowling let's do it hey if mm. you see a dodge hellcat driving around near houston baseball legend reggie jackson is looking for it oh okay because it's his and it got stolen by a 33 year old man oh my god look at that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they know who took it they're oh. on to you son doing wild shit when you're 33 not smart. You lad. Well, uh, if I see it, I'll text him. Right? <laughs> Yo, Reggie. Reggie, my man, I see in your car, man. Seen that Hellcat? Uh, in Houston, where I never am. Yeah. Gorgeous vehicle, though. It is a, a head turner, I'll say. If that kid is driving it around. I call him a kid. Older than me. 33. Grown-ass man. <laughs> Ass man. Anyway, moving along. Google has fixed 33 Android flaws, including a dangerous trio that let hackers take over your phone. I mean, I think you had to download something stupid first to get to that point, right? Um, I have no idea. Don't download everything and anything. Verify. Don't just trust. <sighs> Don't just pirate all issues of the Max. But what's hilarious is this um, This headline came out in the U.S. Sun, and then I uh, dig deeper into it. The updates aren't available yet. So you still could allow hackers to take over your phone. <laughs> Based on this, uh, whatever malware they're targeting. Don't download dumb shit. In fact, don't download anything. <laughs> only <laughs> upload. Only upload. Yeah, that's right. Based and upload pilled. Yeah, based and upload pilled. <laughs> I love it. Now, I'm going to read this next headline word for word because there's oh, no. an egregious typo in it and the editor is nowhere to be found. This is from Insider. 
insider. Okay. Who offered me an internship, by oh, the way. God. Shots a, fired. Oh, yeah. Way, way back. Over a decade ago now. I don't think you could have saved them, babe. No. Not single-handedly. A 33-year-old woman with a rare illness died aged 33 after a doctor said it was a mental health problem instead. All I can think is that they were concerned about those hyphens in the term 33-year-old describing woman and then had to put 33 by itself with a space after in, in front of it, you know, 33 age or aged 33. Yeah. A 33-year-old woman aged 33. <laughs> I figure, yeah, if she's 33, then she was probably 33 at the time that she was 33. Yes, but I'm talking SEO reasons. With that dash off of the 33, 33 dash year dash old. Is Maybe. that one term that won't ping whoever I, they're alerting with the magic number? I am not an SEO expert. Me neither. Or it's bullshit an SEO anyway. novice, even. How about yeah. that? I'm not even an SEO novice. It's a joke. One thing I can cleverly point out about SEO is how it used to work back in the 90s, because you can still see perfectly preserved... Uh, the Hellbop Comet Cult, their website, heavensgate.com. Oh, yeah. It's still there and untouched. Like, it hasn't, obviously, since they went and rode the Comet. Yeah. And drank the whatever Blasted together. Off. Shot off Wearing in their, their Nikes. White Keds or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, or whatever. Uh, yeah, their website has not changed and it's still live. And you can kind of have a glimpse into internet history as to how SEO used to work. And it used to be you could jam your. Uh, meta tag in your HTML full of a bunch of different wild keywords and then you know jack yourself up in the search results that way because they just looked at meta tags and hmm. so then the search engines were like uh, well maybe we should check the meta tags against your actual content so you got to have it in both places and if you have terms in your meta tags that aren't in your content then you know we're going to flag you and downrank you and so then <laughs> what they did and what they have on their site is if you go to heavensgate.com and you scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, it looks kind of like some blank black space down at the bottom of the page, but highlight everything down there and you'll see all the search terms pop up and they're the same search terms that are jacked in their uh, meta tag. Wow. And it's things like UFO, 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 alien, 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 coming of Jesus, coming of Jesus, that kind of stuff like over and over again, just a bunch of spam keywords over and over to wait their own. <laughs> Ranking in SEO. Mm. So there's that. How it works today, I've got no clue. I'm sorry. I can't help you there. Yeah, oh, that's all right. In the pool, we don't need no help. But this 33-year-old woman did. Uh-oh. Um, She had been diagnosed by three specialists with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. She's a New Zealander, for what it's worth. And so um, her... Symptoms were progressing uh, to the point where she decided to go get some help from the medical system. And the doctor diagnosed her with this mental health problem called factitious disorder. The definition here is a serious mental health condition where a patient's belief that they are ill produces physical symptoms. <laughs> she had three diagnoses from specialists. Of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And this guy told her she was making it all up. Oh, and that she man. needed, you know, pills for mental health instead. Oh. 
she died. Un- you know? And she died of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome related issues. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, like, you know, you can't do that. The system, fuck the system. Thanks for the help, Doc. Right. Aren't doctors the real frontline heroes? Aren't they just here to all help us? They're all good people. They only go into doctordom to be good people, for crying out loud. Mm. I think a lot of them go in there because they like drugs. And, and they like selling drugs. Money. And money. Yeah, but... I, yeah. I like money, though. It's all about the drugs. That's how they get their money. <laughs> they gotta make you dependent on them. It's sad. You know, there's no justice for that. She's gone. I hope that doctor feels like an ass. <laughs> At the very least, yeah. Me too. Oh, whoops. She wasn't making it up. This is a common trope of Western medicine, I feel like, though. Oh, it's probably nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a symptom Especially of if this. you're a woman. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to look into it. Mm. Yeah, she's just wigging out. Well, that was my... Looking on WebMD too much. Here's a good one. I went to the emergency room back in the day mm-hmm. because I could not physically walk from one place to another without breaking out into cold sweats and I had this horrible gut-wrenching pain. Uh, it and was awful. I will say you were we have one of the high pay, highest pain tolerances of anyone I've met. And I hate the hospital. So when I came crawling down the stairs pale as a ghost and said I need you to take me to the emergency room. I knew it was bad. Yeah, we knew it was pretty fucked up. I knew it was, too, to get to that point. It, I knew it was life or death, pretty much. Yeah. I go to the emergency room, and what do they do? They make me pee in a cup. And then they said, oh, you have a UTI. So here's an antibiotic for that, and I got sent home. And I thought, wow, it must have been a really bad UTI. <laughs> like, a fucking I mean, real bad one. Right, yeah. And... You will not be shocked to find out that three days later, I was still, it just all came back, you mm. know? And my dumb ass did take the antibiotics and was thinking, oh, I don't know. And they said so, right? <laughs> must you, be full of shit, so I, I'll ignore this ho- incredible pain. I hope this helps. And yeah, it didn't go away. Well, I went back to the emergency room, and first they tried to talk me out of the waiting room by suggesting it was gas pains. Because I told them I could feel the pain all the way up, like, shooting through my shoulders, too. Yeah. And I said, no, no, no. I need to get in there. And this time I got a woman doctor in the emergency room. And she did some sort of internal scope vision. Mm. You know? Jammed a thing up my vagina and took a look around. <laughs> and guess what, you guys? What? It was an ectopic pregnancy. Uh, which is life-threatening. Correct. And... I guess difficult to diagnose and often misdiagnosed. If you don't look around for it, yeah. Yeah. There's a Scrubs episode about that. A woman who uh, died because they, they didn't, didn't catch, catch the ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's our medical system. Oh, it's just a, they just want to write it off and get you in and out. You're just a you're number. a number, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the thing when they did when they told me it was a UTI. They did say, "Oh, and congrats, you're pregnant." That's right. And so I was like happy and frustrated because I was in pain. Um, 
But then I was more frustrated, you know, losing it <laughs> or like realizing that it never took. Right. Yeah. Fucked up. Betrayed by your own anatomy. Yeah. And the medical system is not there to really help you. <laughs> Who do I trust? Me. Oh, well. oh, I got a shot in the ass that day, too, for a UTI. I got a bunch of shit There's a good that I didn't first need. time I ever got a oh, shot that in the is. ass. Let me uh, make a note of that real quick. Everyone loves a good shot in the ass. Not. Unless you're, you know, boofing something fun, I suppose. Which might have been the case for a certain canine... On a flight the other day, 13-hour flight from Paris to New Zealand. Now, when you go places with me, do you, is it automatically romantic to you? Is everything we do together romantic? Uh, Honest answer? <laughs> yeah, please. Okay, not everything automatically. Not everything. No, of course no, not. Like grocery shopping mm, is sure. pretty gross. I actually like grocery shopping with you. Why? Because I'm with you. Yeah. It makes it a little more bearable. Grocery shopping in general sucks. Depends which one. Eh. Oh, are there places where it sucks shopping with me? No. No, it's never you that's the factor. But You're there, saying- are, there are, okay, let's put it this way. There are external environmental factors that make the overall experience not romantic anymore or kill the romance. Yes. Not you. Right, definitely. It's always... It's the fat people of Walmart or the, you know, idiots that wear masks or yeah, whatever. being like, told what to do or... Being in a fucking warehouse. Encountering it in general. Fox or... Until the end of Ikea, I tell yeah. you what. Or when you're, like, walking by and the lady is, like, actively trying to screw you out of getting a free sample at Costco because she's just on a power trip. Oh, And you're yeah. like, Jesus Christ, lady, what are you fucking making here, sitting here handing out little pieces of biscuit dough? <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I don't need one that bad, bitch. The guy yesterday said, please take them, then I can pack up and get out of here. I was like, hell yeah, man. I got four kids. <laughs> take one for each of them. Incredible. Yeah. Anyway, I think everywhere we go, and I'm a woman, but there's a little... There's Wait a slight... second, you're a, you're a woman? It's shocking, I know. With a womb. <laughs> a woman. A woman. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Uh... I think there's like a little bit of romance everywhere we go together, looking at it from the view of a woman. I don't know. I'm just uh, romantically crazy about you. So when this lady gets on this flight with her boyfriend or husband, it's not specific, but they're a couple. Okay. And then finds that they're sitting next to a man with a dog. Kind of kills the mood a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You know, eh, dog, mouth breather, stinky dog breath. The guy is like, hey, I'm nervous on flights. He tells them this. You know, he's like an oversharer. I'm nervous on flights. I got to bring my dog with me. Mm. Okay, whatever. No one asked that. For, it's not necessarily a small dog, so it's taking up the man's leg room. Ugh. Right? And so then you start talking to the flight attendant. Hey, can we get somewhere else to sit? Like, it's not my dog. I don't right. really want to be that close to the damn dog. It's drooling on my leg. Ugh. And the flight attendant says, well, you're in premium economy. We do have some seats in uh, the economy class or whatever. Sure. Where you could move to. Well, but that's a downgrade. So who would want to do that? 
It wasn't until the dog started farting. Oh, God, no. Like halfway through this 13-hour flight. Oh, the, the couple God. decided, yeah, we've got to move. Get us the hell out of here. We're in a can next to a farting dog. <laughs> I don't think even moving to the back of the plane could necessarily help you here. Dude. And I also, I also want to say... <laughs> They're blaming the dog here, but the guy said he was nervous on flights. Probably was him farting. Nervous <laughs> farts. <you know? laughs> he brings a dog with him. Poor dog. I know. Poor good boy. To a plane just to blame his farts on something. <laughs> That's my holy thesis. shit. Like you can't sneak one out and blame it on some old lady two rows over. Well, if it keeps happening, yeah, just shoot her dirty looks and be like. And you hear the gurgles and <laughs> stuff. I also will say a plane is probably no place for a dog. Most dogs know. All dogs know. I don't know, man. Yeah, well, the couple was pissed that they had to switch their seats and they had such an unromantic experience, you know? Not that you can expect romance from a flight. No, a commercial no, no, flight. no. You forfeit your right to a lot of things, including romance, when you buy a plane ticket. So they got in touch with the airline and the airline offered them a $74 gift voucher to their website. Whee! Well, that didn't make up for the difference in value of those original seats versus the economy seats where they eventually sat. And so they argued and argued. You know? Eventually, what they have right now is uh, $200 a person, but that's still not a full refund for the difference in price of those tickets. Listen, it was... Uh... A three-hour period of a fart every ten minutes, right? That's only eighteen farts. Eighteen farts. That seventy-four dollars for eighteen farts. And dog farts on the open market in this economy—it's a good number. It's a good rate. You just want to take that seventy-four dollars for those dog farts. Yeah, you're gonna to want to take it. I mean, there's people happy to get forty bucks for eighteen dog farts. And you're, and you're sticking your nose up at 74? Come on. There are people who would be happy just to be sat next to a dog. I'm going to actually roll. I'm sorry about that. It's all good. Nothing to apologize for here in the bowl. A dog farting on you on an airplane is the absolute gutter ball. Yeah. Of I all mean, gutter balls, man. Last week we had diarrhea on a plane. Now we got dog farts. <laughs> just keep your smelly bullshit off the plane, man. I don't know how many news stories are going to have to come out till y'all stop flying. <laughs> just, just give it up, man. Yeah. Just drive or better yet, walk. <laughs> Take a boat. You can really waft out some farts when you're walking somewhere. Yeah. There's no fresh air on a plane. Yeah, that's true. Someone's got an apology to make, though. In Florida, where drivers have become very confused when a solid yellow line spanning 20 miles on I-95 showed up, and it crosses the lanes several times and changes in its width. The paint truck guy get real drunk this time? Something like that. It showed up Friday, starting at the Acosta Bridge, but 20 miles of confusion. That's that's bad. That's epic proportion. Um, the line ends at Acme Barricades parking lot, and they are a traffic control products and services company. Hmm, so hmm. Somebody, somebody probably just left it on and running yeah. and didn't know it was painting. They didn't pull their brush up. Yeah. 
And so then there they are well, driving in traffic. Probably a sprayer, but yeah, same difference. Passing, you know, making moves. Yep. Passing Weave, on weaving the left. in and out. Yep. And now there's a solid yellow line going across the lanes. <laughs> That's just our uh, new HOV situation, you know? Yeah. No you one stay the fuck out of that thing if you got only one person. No one has taken responsibility for it yet, but drivers have been warned to turn their self-driving assistance <laughs> off if they're on I-95 <laughs> because that computer is going to kill you. <coughs> well, there's a solid yellow line. <coughs> We're just going to make a turn here. <coughs> yeah. Damn it, you got me. <coughs> got him. Oh, man. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about That's that, hilarious. but you know, it's like that little robo cameras just looking for the yellow <clears throat> line. Those things don't even know what a fucking right turn lane is on a regular state highway, man. Yeah, I've had them yank me into those things. Uh, yeah, it's bad. It's you gotta stupid. turn that shit off. Yeah, all the, the time. The robot does not know how to drive, despite what you read in uh, Dumbass Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, shocking, I know. Dumbass Magazine. Getting it wrong again. Week after week. Bowl after bowl. Well, at least you're here to bring us the receipts. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Oh, a woman flew into Atlanta from the Dominican Republic. She was heading to San Francisco with her dog, Maya. Another dog on a plane situation. But unfortunately for her, when she got to Atlanta, her tourist visa wasn't approved by border officials. So they said, well... We'll put you up for the night at the Customs and Border Protection Facility, and we'll fly you home tomorrow. But your dog can't go with you. We can't have dogs in our facility. So Delta Airlines took custody of the dog, Maya, and said, we'll meet you at the gate tomorrow. When she got to the gate to fly home, her dog was not there. Oh, shit. And Delta confirmed... The dog, Maya, escaped while their teams were transporting the pet in the operations area outside of the terminal buildings. Bye-bye, doggy. Runaway doggo. So Paula went home without her dog. And (laughs) there were some local folks that put up flyers and were looking for the dog because they heard her story. Three weeks later... (gasps) Maya was found, and she was still in the vicinity of the airport. Very yeah. nice. They found her hiding under a large rack for cargo containers, tired, but in good health. Nice. So, reunited three weeks later. I don't think I could have left without my dog, though. No, it'd be really tough. It sure would have. You know what else is really tough? What's that? Well, you know, you're out for a walk on your dog. Walking dogs can be tough. Yes. But then you look into a building and you see that a bunch of people were murdered. Oh. In a ritual style while someone is walking around in a robe. I mean, what do you do then? Just keep walking? Like a day wrecker, man. Yeah. Uh, I'd say you'd draw on them. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, we don't call the police around yeah. here, but this is in merry old England, so, oh, you know. Oh, well, you know, you got to have a license to draw on them. <laughs> well, we're shipmate. I guess we ought to... <laughs> That's more Australian. <laughs> guess we have to 
call the police. You crikey, you can't. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. The Australians would just punch him in the face. Scotch and tried I, for it. I feel like the Australians would just break through the glass and punch that fucker in a robe in the face. But this is England again. So, um, police were called for a ritual mass murder that had been observed by some dog walkers. Turned out, though, it was just a yoga class. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was their come down period where they were relaxing, laying on the floor with their eyes closed, and a lot of them covered up in blankets. And the teacher, this twenty-two-year-old girl, was uh, wandering around in kind of a flowy shirt with a drum. <laughs> it was all a dream. Yeah, they thought they'd been killed. No, well, talk about jumping to conclusions, man. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Mass That's murder. embarrassing. Mass murder the masses in them yoga pants, I'll tell you that. Oh, now, now. Yeah, mass murder of seven students. <laughs> Not. Uh, that's what you get for looking through the window. Assuming you know what's going on. On acid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Could have taken a longer look, I suppose. But then again, if your instinct is, wow, that's a mass murder right there, I guess <laughs> yeah, you would I be just, out of there pretty quickly. I was ready to draw on them. <laughs> <laughs> Those people, you would be like... I would have to confirm that the shit was going down, okay? I'm, that's what I was going to say. Your brain would say, is my eyes deceiving me? Correct, yeah. You further assess. You make goddamn sure. Bro, <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking into a yoga class thinking people are being mass murdered. I can promise you that. No. If I see some flowy hippies walking around, I know what the fuck's going on. Exactly. Little drum action, little yeah. soft music, little closing the eyes, taking some slow, deep breaths and rejuvenating mm-hmm. to go on with the day. Unlike people in China, well, the authorities in specific, because uh, they noticed that someone smashed a shortcut through the Great Wall with an excavator. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yep, they figured out who it was, too. 38-year-old man named Zhang and a 55-year-old woman named Wang. Uh. They wanted a shorter route for their construction job in a nearby town. So they just took their excavator and rammed through this old part of the wall. They zanged and wanged when they should have zigged and wigged. Exactly. (laughs) I say old part of the wall, like the thing's not... Yeah, what, what's the young part of the wall? Oh, there's like the touristy part of the wall, according to this Associated Press article. So they're <sighs> saying, oh, tourists won't even see this. You know, it's not the part that tourists are familiar with. It's not the restored segment. It's the unrestored, authentic segment that they smashed down. But is it the part keeping the goddamn Mongolians out? I think this is insurance fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Just a just a guess. You could be right. Yeah, but those two suspects are in custody with further legal action pending. What's the rates on wall insurance these days, man? <laughs> this Chinese is great wall. wall, Chinese wall insurance. Great wall insurance is of the greatest caliber, of course. Highest premiums or whatever. Oh, it's or probably a, premiums. Probably a low premium because you know the tourists aren't going to see it. You know, right? Low premium, yeah. high payout. Exactly. High coverage. It's a scam. Obviously. Maybe not a scam, though, is finding fossils on your own land. Family farm. A family farm is a great 
scam and your benefit. <laughs> Not a scam at all. You got a scam for you. They scam you, man. Yeah. Dang old scams, man. This Alabama high school student found out that one of her teachers is a paleontologist. And so she brought in some shark teeth for him to look at, things that she collected year after year on her family property. She had a whole bag of them, and he recognized one of them as uncommon and asked if they could do a research project on her family's property and look for fossils together. So they did, and they started finding these bone fragments that led them up a hill where they discovered a four-foot-long whale skull. That's very metal. Mm-hmm. They claim that the skull is 34 million years old. And now they're going to go back and look for the rest of the whale. Talk about an old head. A. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to go for it. Yeah. I got another story. My final story for the lands tonight. Also about an old head. And I've brought a clip. Oh, man. Donations come in every day, but what someone dropped off at this West Valley Goodwill store was downright disturbing. Uh I've never heard of anything donated like this, especially here. Like, I come to this Goodwill all the time, and I've never heard of anything that crazy being donated. This is a picture of the human skull that someone brought to the Goodwill Donation Center off Yuma Road and Saraville Avenue in Goodyear a few days ago. An employee was concerned the skull may have been someone who'd been missing or was part of a crime scene. Hmm. So they immediately called police who rushed over to investigate. Oh, we want to see the skull. Today, Goodyear PD held a news conference to announce the skull was sent to the medical examiner's office, which determined it was in fact real, but not connected to any kind of crime. They did confirm that it is in fact a human skull, but at this point, and this is preliminary, it appears to be historic, historic. ancient, and um, it does ancient. not appear to have any forensic value at all. Police tell us they've seen what? a lot of strange things over the years, but a human skull ending up in a donation bin is highly unusual. Well, They're yeah. just glad someone reached out to authorities to solve the mystery. I bet they are. It's possible yeah. the skull may have come from someone's collection a classroom, even a medical school. You notice that's how all these end is like, well, it's a good thing someone told the authorities. Oh, there was more preaching after when it went back to the front desk lady on the oh, news, God. you know, where it's like, always if be sure to call. see a human skull yeah. or anyone smoking pot, always call the local authorities right away and report it. I do have to say, you got to be a real bonehead to donate a skull. Nobody's asking the important question, man. Was it on a blue tag? Because I am a buyer. If I walk into a Goodwill and there's a skull, I'm not going to go, I'm going to go, I'm just going to put it in my cart with some other benign shit, and I'm going to throw up like a hoodie, I'm going to throw up a motorcycle helmet, and I'm going to throw up the skull. Agreed. Agreed. Especially if it's half off that day. Mm-hmm. Blue tag. I'm rooting for the blue tag. Blue tag. Half off. Yeah. That's the, uh... That's the skull out of Goodwill right there, man. Wow, we made it against all odds. Made it. What'd I tell you, man? Another bowl in the books. Nobody gonna stop my stride. Oh, no. 
got to keep on moving. Thanks for moving with us, bowlers. Thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for everything. All the value that you give. I hope to be able to return. And on a long enough timeline, I'll keep trying. You know we'll be back at it next Tuesday night, and every Tuesday night, we'll be here just to make sure you're feeling all right. Throughout it all, you can count on me to remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I hope you will tune in to the Bowl After Bowl stream on Thursday at 7 p.m. Central for some homegrown hits. I've been Dame DeLorean. Until next time, bowlers, may your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. You are listening to Bowl After Bowl. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, yeah. I'm not God. I don't have all the answers. The truth can be a drug. Oh, shit, yes. Oh, shit, yes. So good. That was the last copy I slapped. Oh, my God, that was awesome. has what it takes to win this heat down. Your Honor, I would like to plead not guilty on the grounds that Obama legalized weed. They're fucking full of shit. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. There we go. There we did it. We did a thing. Got it. Finished it up. Another one. 269 of them. Thank you so much, No Agenda Nation. We will send you off to bed. Good night. With some cozy podcasts. Back in the podcast groove. Back in the podcast groove. What do I do with this thing, you know? Hit pause on the timer or there's no stop? No, I think you just grab your chapters, man. Grab the chappies. Grab chap. Uh, hit save. Uh, okay. So are you sure? Always hit save. That's what Boobery said. Just keep fucking hitting save. A hundred times hit save. Yeah. Okay. If, as, if you look up and remember that the save button's there, just hit save. And then, how do I get my chappies? I'm pretty sure they're in the share, maybe? Yeah, I think you might be right. Download chapters, yeah. Download a chapter file. Pew pew, baby. Save export chapters. Cool, I got the JSON. I got the JSON. <laughs> Where is the JSON? Where is the J? Where is the day? J? I think we smoked it.
You want to hit that? I guess I should yeah. stop the motherfucking 